0: have this time of fellowship with you, people far away from that frozen north that had just come out of <laughs> I said to your pastor up in his study this afternoon, this is going to be one of the greatest meetings i ever seen, or either I miss the will of the Lord. I have never had Satan to fight me so hard as he did coming out here. When Brother Williams invited me some time ago, I... Just kind of hesitated a little. I said, I'll let you know a little later because I believe in praying over things before we, we make our choice. Let it be God's choice. Yeah. And I just kept feeling led to come because it was a time... I always appreciate the full gospel businessmen's uh, fellowship. And, then, and this was a little extra because I would get to meet the different churches, the different brethren of the different denominations. And I love to do that. And kind of have fellowship together in That's different it. churches of, of all the churches of God. So then when I said, I will be sure now that it's the Lord calling me, I said, I'm going to give Brother Williams quite a bit of time to get somebody else, you know, to go out there. Be, be sure that if he's still waiting on me, then I know it's the Lord. And if all the brethren say they want me to come out, I said, Heavenly Father, I'll just take that for granted that that you want me to, to go out to Phoenix. Well, then I waited several days, and I thought, now I better let him know right away because he's, they've got to advertise it in, in the businessman's voice. And so after waiting a few days, then I called him up, and he said, Oh, Brother Branham, all the brethren want you to come out. So I said, just felt that little nudge, I should do it, so I, that this would be a grand opportunity. Well, I thought I would... Come just a a little early, and uh, I wanted to go over in Mexico and get me a suitcase. That I was badly needing it. Someone give me the money Christmas time to get it, and I could get it for about half the price they get it here for, and about twice as good uh, across the border. I thought, well, I'll go down around Texas, so I'm going to allow myself about three extra days so I can shop out and get a good one. So rest a little along the road and I was going to start on a Thursday and we got all ready to start and there come a blizzard across the country and they even blocked the highways everywhere and the south was impassable altogether and they wouldn't let us go through the north part over 66. I waited two days and finally they opened the road and said you can take your chance so I started off I thought well it'll be nice weather I I don't believe I was ever in a worse blizzard in all my life, ice and jams and all along the road and everything. Finally, one of the recording boys here, Brother McGuire, his car uh, backslid on him coming out with going home and so was having an awful. I think it just give out. I don't think it backslid. It just give out. See and. um, So he got an old generator, and the thing wouldn't work right. He tried it again, it wouldn't work right. He put it in another shop, it wouldn't work right. He tried it through up to about 11 o'clock one night, and still the thing next morning started up red. He slipped over. Now, he's somewhere listening to me. I've never mentioned even to his father-in-law and them, but he touched me on the shoulder coming out of the restroom and said, Brother Brandon, you just ask God, and it'll work right. I said, You really believe that? He said, I do. It worked right. We what? come on now. <laughs> so when I got to Phoenix I thought now my trouble's over, and if I had to get get up this morning with the flu Headache <laughs> 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 and Well I said, Satan it's a fight, so here I am,
1: <laughs> so
0: we're here to enjoy this fellowship, and I got to meet the pastor this afternoon in his study up here, and we had a wonderful time, in such a lovely little church and I bring you greetings from all the household of God up in the Middle East, where i'm from and so we know that you're doing real well out here. We hear from you, and I'm glad to see Brother Norman sitting over here tonight from Tucson, and I have um some people, I'm looking over this little bitty audience here and seeing people from up in Ohio, Brother and Sister Dial, sitting here, and I believe here's the people from Iowa sitting right back behind us here, and and uh, different ones, they just come from the east and west, don't they ever were, flowing in together. So we're happy to be here. And now we're looking forward for the nights that's uh, scheduled for us to speak at the different churches, I think tomorrow night we we'll are being up in Tempe, was it? Yeah. Tempe, in. and then the next night, I think, at uh, the... Brother Outlaws. Brother Outlaws, that's the, uh, the... 20th and Roosevelt. 20th and Roosevelt Street, and then different ones. And the, if you brethren are here that I had to miss those two nights, I'm sorry about that. But the Lord will give us a little special blessing on those Sunday mornings that we're to make it up. <laughs> so... It's a kind of a full schedule, but, but God's grace we'll we'll make it. And then expecting a great time in this convention coming. This the businessman's convention. So happy for the opportunity to maybe get to meet all those brothers and shake their hands and it's uh, something to meet friends and we we there's nothing like friends. I'm going to quote something and I did to the pastor this afternoon. Oswald J. Smith. He's a great missionary minded man. He was speaking some time ago in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, to a friend of mine, Dr. Wallace Cobbles. And he said to Brother Cobbles, he said, Brother Cobbles, I, I believe that when a man first gets married, he said, and his wife is young and she's beautiful and everything, said, you know, if she happens to uh, go bad and fly the coop, as we call it, run away kick over the trace or whatever you know get out and do wrong said if you have to leave her or something said it's bad but it isn't said you can you're young and you can look around maybe and find another that will be right Said then after you live with her long enough to the children comes on said it's awfully hard she does it then you know said you really begin to realize you need her so when you get about 50 said then you just can't hardly do without her So then when you get 70, you sure can't do it. (laughs) I happen to think, kind of put a little spiritual interpretation to that. When I was a young minister, every man that made a mistake, he was out of the picture. He couldn't even run in the race, that's all. If he wasn't a Baptist, he just was out of the picture, that's all. He just had to see the things I saw, or the man was altogether wrong. And then after I got a little bit older, I begin to realize that, you know, the blanket kinda of stretched a little uh, Seeing where he had to what he had to go through with. A lot of toils, a pastor of a church and the heartaches that goes with it. I realized that this blanket spreads a little over him too, you know, to kind of keep him from getting cold. And now as we come on down to about where I am now, I I, I tell you we need one another so bad we just can't really do without one another. That's all there is to it. And as we see the days getting evil and Things the way they are. Why well, I think it's good that we come together and fellowship together. And I just long to get with the brethren and talk to them and, and so forth. All the different churches and, and brotherhood. I, I love that. It's, it's something about it that's real. And I do think not plugging for this uh, a little group of man, a full gospel businessman, but. I do think that that's a great opportunity that God has given us all where we can come together through that, and we can uh, have fellowship. They don't draw any lines about any denominations and so forth, and we can just set together in heavenly places in Christ. Now, I realize that it isn't going to be perfect. They're going to make many mistakes. I see theirs, and they see mine, and you see mine, and I see yours, and... We, but we got to got to live with one another, and we got to realize, but I think after all, if it's all searched around for my part, it's the cream of the crop. <laughs> That's right. It's this. I put my choice with the full gospel many years ago, and I'm happier every day about it.
1: Hallelujah.
0: And I, I'm thankful to be one of them.
1: Hallelujah.
0: And having this grand experience of receiving Christ as my Savior, and in return, having Him to fill me with His Holy Spirit. <laughs> And uh, living in my heart daily as a witness to me that I have passed from death unto life. Testing my plan of my salvation each day as I take inventory. See just the way the Spirit in me, what does it feel like? How does it cooperate with the things of the world? Or is it so heavenly set that the world seems dull and dingy and dirty? I was passing down this street I come here the first time 35 years ago this year, 19 and 26, in an old T-model Ford. And I lived at 16th and Henshaw. I see they've even changed the name. It's Buckeye now out there. So everything's changing. But I recognize the old place. You know, I rode horses around out through the valley down there, Salt River, and down through that way. Well, they had burros just across the mountain there, were wild burros, see. And old prospectors would come in, mine. They got prospectors still coming in, but they're in Cadillacs. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. mm-hmm. All right. so it's, it's changed quite a bit. But I find out that the gospel doesn't change. It still brings the same satisfaction. And you go yes. back years after years, you find out it's the same. It's the same experience that they received at Pentecost after 2,000 years. It hasn't changed a bit. We get the same thing. Amen. See, this is exactly that the same thing. Right. As I looked at the magnificent streets and seeing the places and lights and, and places lit up, I thought 300 years ago as I was talking to my son coming over, this valley lay peaceful and quiet. Perhaps once in a while a coyote would howl or, or some noise, a burrow would bray. Or, or, uh, 300 years ago. And as we look how it's been, I don't know where you say converted or perverted <laughs> into what it is now. It would be a convert. If this streets was walking up and down with people with their hands up to God, praising God for a beautiful valley and a lovely place to live in a healthy climate, and praising God in churches and brothers as brothers and sisters and so forth, just a, a great colony of God's economy. It would be a wonderful place. But instead of that, with liquor joints, honky tonks, prostitution, cigarette smoking, gambling, cursing, swearing. I just imagine one day that God will wipe the whole thing. Clear. Amen. That's right. And those who make their choice for him will live again here in an endless age, a great millennium that is to come. And it's to my intention and what I'm here in Phoenix for tonight is to try to fellowship first, to strengthen the church, to pray for the sick if any comes to be prayed for, we don't intend to give out any prayer cards or so forth. We're coming. We do just anything we can to help the people. Amen. If somebody wants to be prayed for, on things thing you do is ask when we pray for them. Whatever we can do. I found out at home a few weeks ago doing that at far beyond anything else. And I remember when I first come here in Phoenix, we stood over there in Brother Outlaw's church. He was the first one invited me to Phoenix. And uh, then there was a little Mexican church called Garcio. Brother Garcia, a little Spanish-speaking church down somewhere down in there. And what a wonderful time we had in there. And people standing in prayer lines and being healed, just praying and laying hands on them. The ministry has come higher, certainly it has. Gifts has been multiplied, but. Somehow I I wish I was just back like I was at the first place, you see. Just, you know, yeah, I think more you... We just forget some of the things they ever learned. I think it would be a lot better off, see. Well, I think the road to God is through the path of humility and service. I think there's nothing no better in the world to lift us up to Christ than that. You get to see carnal impersonations and so forth that indulge you and put something in you. I, I wish it didn't do it, you see. We just if you just major, it kind of brings you up I think it gets you in a state of complex when you should not be there you should just keep all things away and move on and um, so then I hope that in the this will strengthen our fellowships together to each other pray that God will heal the sick people that will be prayed for and above all things save every soul that can be saved I don't know where they are who they are so I just I just just this preach and whatever comes in, that's where I try to minister to them and hoping that someday through that great eternity and a peaceful valley, and maybe not the Maricopa, but some peaceful valley somewhere, we'll live together neighbors throughout ceaseless ages. That's why we're here.
1: Amen. Now,
0: many are standing and I, you're so lovely, I could just talk all night and and so I know we got several services and I... Don't want to take too much time in each place. But if we'll just now reverently bow our heads before we open up the Word of God and pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, it is indeed a grand privilege tonight to be alive, to have the opportunity to testify once again before the Church of the Living God. As I was speaking to this people a few moments ago and thinking of this great mammoth, beautiful city, yet laden with sin like all other cities. I was thinking as my son said, What is the use then, Daddy? I said, Son, all over this city is scattered the Church of the Living God. It's that group that we're holding up before God. It's that that saints. As Paul must have looked up on Rome with its many thousands of population. And as different places that he went, he would see the city turned over to idolatry. But there were jewels in that city that he had to labor for. They're resting out or waiting for the general resurrection in the last day, which we believe is near at hand. Yeah. Yeah. We pray for every s- church in Phoenix. Every one of them, Father, we pray that you pour out your Spirit upon them all. May there be such lights of burning for the gospel till it'll dim the lights of these nightclubs and speakeasies. Grant it, Lord. May the people's hearts become so thirsty for you during this time of visitation. And may you truly visit us, Lord. Visit us with your Spirit and pour out upon us in great measures, Lord. Bless the convention coming on. I pray, Father, that there will be many businessmen and others that will be led to this great experience of knowing Christ by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Grant it, Lord. Bless this church that we're here tonight. It's a lovely little pastor and it's it's whole being, Lord. It stands here as an example. It's a light to this city that people might see the way of truth. I pray that you'll make its members so salty that everyone in the neighborhood and throughout the city will thirst to be like them. Now, I know that you plant these churches here for a purpose. They stand as a witness against evil. And there is a witness in them that God is just and true. I pray that you bless them, Father, abundantly. Now, for this coming portion of the service tonight, no doubt but what you've already poured your blessings upon them, we pray that you'll bless us, Lord, with your great presence. Speak through us through the Word in the Spirit. We ask in Jesus' name, Amen. This afternoon, as I was sitting reading, my eyes fell upon a little texture that I might want to read and use some of it for a context, if God being willing. And I wrote down some scriptures and a few notes I'd like to speak to you a little bit about For the glory of God Now you that wish to turn Let's turn to Numbers the 14th chapter And begin with the 41st verse Numbers 14, 41 And we shall read As it begins And Moses said Wherefore now do you transgress the commandments of the Lord? But it shall not prosper. Go not up, for the Lord is not among you, that ye be not smitten before your enemy. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and you shall fall by the sword, because you are turned away from the Lord, wherefore the Lord will not be with you. But... They presumed to go up unto the hilltop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. Then the Amalekites came down, and the Canaanites that dwelt in the hill in that hill, and smote them and discomforted them, even to harm them. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of his word. I wish to take a text from there, if the Lord willing, upon the subject of pursuing. <clears throat> it's um, I just love to read the Word, <coughs> because I know that that's true. The Word is what we stay by. It must always be the Word of God, or we'll, we'll go on the wrong road. It's written over in St. John, I think, about the 15th chapter. If ye abide in me and my word in you, see, the word abides in you, see, then ask what you will and it will be done. Because it's not you, it's the word that's in you. And the word is God, see. God in you. God is the word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Now in the return of the Holy Spirit bringing the word in us and it abiding in there, then it's not you that speaks, it's the word itself yes. coming yeah, out. Right. So it, the word will perform the work. Yes. Pursume, I got the dictionary and looked up what the word presume actually meant. Webster says it means to venture without actual authority. To pursue anything is to venture without actual authority or to take for granted to adventure without actual authority or to take for granted to do something before you are authorized to do it without the actual authority to do it. Now we have just passed two of the major holidays that we know here in America to be the uh, christmas time and the new years it's actually not a, a christmas it's a day that we set aside of course we realize it isn't the lord's birthday he couldn't have been born on december the 25th because it's, it's so cold up there shepherds could not have been on the hill and So forth, and if you was ever in Judea along that time of year, you'd know it wasn't. It wasn't in the winter time, but it's thought that it was perhaps along in April or May when lambs are born, and like he come by all nature, just like uh, the regular lambs are born. He was the Lamb of God, and he was born along that time. But I don't suppose that he cares what day we set aside, because the actual day is lost. But it's in commemoration of His birthday. And instead of we making it a commemoration and a day of worship to God for His, sending His Son to us, we have a celebration. See? We celebrate Christmas. And uh, it is not a celebration. You could celebrate Washington's birthday or Lincoln's birthday or... Some other great man's birthday, you might celebrate it, but Christmas should be a day of worship. We have twisted it around and have made it one of the greatest commercial days. Uh, It's all fixed up on passing presents one to another and having feelings hurt if we don't do it and pay them back. And it's just twisted all up. And then... A few weeks ago when wife and I were over in the shopping center in our little village at home, we uh, overheard a conversation of two uh, girls talking. And one of them said, well, what did you get mother for Christmas? Oh, she said, dear, I couldn't think of anything else to get her, but what she'd enjoy more was a pack of, or a carton of cigarettes, and so, for a mother... And she said, I got Dad a quart of whiskey. And uh, said, uh, You know, when, uh, and she said, Well, I'm glad you did that, dear, because I got him a new bunch of poker chips, you see. You see, that's Christmas. How can the world stand much longer? A celebration. And then, I suppose they presume that that's the right way to do it. See, that's what they're supposing to do. But they're just presuming that And here comes New Year's around. After New Year's gets around, usually the people all have a great New Year's party. And then in this New Year's party, they all get on a great big drunk around midnight, and I suppose they put to death their sins uh, to forget them all. What they've done in the year, they just get so drunk that they uh, forget all about their sins. And I guess they presume that that's the way you get rid of sins. But they're wrong. That only makes more sin. You can't righten anything by doing another wrong. So it's just pursuing, Drowning out. I wonder what People think that when I am the pleasure of drinking, that they call pleasure. When whiskey becomes into the system, it heats the blood in such a way it addles the mind, the brain. And you become blank. Your mind is so addled until with the heat of this alcohol in the bloodstream, So the doctors say that it just kind of blanks your mind. Why, if there were some disease in your body that would make your mind go blank, you'd search every doctor's office in the city to find something to get rid of it. And yet people celebrate the birthday of Christ and try and drown their sorrows by blanking their mind don't you realize, my friend, that people, you've got to meet that at the judgment bar? Amen. You can't get by with that. But they presume it. That's the regular custom here in this nation is to blanken your mind on Christmas Eve night or on New Year's Eve night. in your mind with drinking. They call it a little, uh, a little clean fun, a little pleasure that people have to have to give vent. Well, if that's all the pleasure that a person ever got out of life, what pleasure would it be to blanken your mind so blank that you don't even know what you're doing? Then call it pleasure. Now, I can see the man of the world doing that, but when it comes to the church doing that, people who call themselves Christians, then it goes to show that there's been a letdown somewhere. Because that's not the way you forget sins. They're on God's book. And the only way they can ever be gotten rid of is put in the sea of forgetfulness, the blood of Jesus Christ, and then remember it against you no more. That's the only way. But they presume that the right way is to do it the way the, regular, the people does it. We also have preachers of denomination, great denominations across the nation. And these ministers preach the doctrine of their denomination, presuming that they are doing exactly what's right. Many of them, no matter how contrary to the Scripture it is, they presume they're doing right when they preach that doctrine. Let it be whatever it might be. They presume that that's just what God requires, a certain creed or a certain affiliation. They think that's just all that God requires. They presume that they're taking the people to heaven by just joining a church and preaching a creed. They presume that that's all right. That's all you have to do. What a mistake that is. That's a terrible mistake. Just presuming on that. There's only one creed in the Bible. That's Christ. See? We only have to know Him is to, know, is to have life. Outside of that, there is no way to life. Outside of knowing Christ by your uh, personal experience with Him. And not by joining a church or reciting a creed. And when we only bring it to that shallow condition, that's why we have drunken New Year's parties by Christians. So-called. That's why we have celebration of Christmas and New Year's and other holy days and so forth. That's the reason that the people do that is because that, that's all they know to do. Well, surely if there is something that causes people to want to do something on that day, there ought to be something real to be done. There is something somewhere that's a right thing to do if that's a wrong thing to do because there's got to be a right to ever wrong or it would be right. So there has to be a pro and con, negative and positive. There has to be a real dollar that a bogus dollar is made off of or the bogus dollar would be the real dollar. And when we see a, a, a denomination or a, a group of people that's hungering for something and they go into church and, and uh, they join the church, they shows that there's something that they're hungering for. The human soul cries out for something. It knows that there's something that brought it here. They, it knows that there's something that it's beyond here. They know that they come from out of the night and they go back into the night. And they want to know where they come from and where they're going. Now, if that hunger is in there, you can never get it by blighting your mind. You know, I heard someone is in a meeting here some time ago. Someone said, just let your mind go blank now. Just look right straight up towards the skies. Let your mind go blank. You'll get an experience. No doubt But what you do. That's right. But you get an experience. But what an experience. Hallelujah. You see, when you do that, you just open your soul to Satan. He'll give you something. That's true. But I think a person coming to Christ should come with all the intelligence they God. got. And quoting in their mind when they come to Him every promise in the Scripture. Keep your mind alert when you come to Christ. Don't let it go blank. The devil will make you do anything. See? They'll give you a sensation. He can do that too. But you want an experience something that the Bible teaches. Something that's real. Then they go away presuming, well, a little nerve shuck. I saw a light before me or or something like that. I got it. And they never live any different. They go right on out. Many of them come up and say, Yes, I recite this creed. I believe that I'm alright now. Now, you presume you're alright. You just think you are. Now, when they do this, then people come and join this church presuming that they're doing what's right. And many of them is only asked to uh, take a, a creed to live by, sprinkle a little water on them, and... Make them church members, and they're all right. And then people go out, honest, good people, presuming that they're on their road to heaven. Now, that's where the trouble comes. Honest, thinking people believe that if they are brought into a certain condition or a certain place or uh, to... uh, Make a certain pledge or something like that, that that's all God requires. Keep a commandment or live by the Ten Commandments or something like that. Do some good deed, social turn. Give the neighbor something. They presume that that's religion and that's all they have to have. But how wrong that is. Now we're living later than we think. Year by year, coming to Phoenix and other places, I wonder if we'll be here for the next year. Yes. I wonder then, when I leave, did I was I honest? Did I lay everything out just as clear as I know how to lay it? Lord, did I follow Your instructions? Did I say one thing contrary to Your Word, or did I keep every word right on Your Word? Because these same people will stand with me in the judgment. And I'll have to give an account for what I've said while I was at this certain place where it is. But the people after these ministers, I believe, pursuing after so many education and get a degree of so forth. And uh, learn a creed of a church and go back out and take a pastoral uh, job. And I believe with Honesty. And sincerity, just as sincere as anybody could be, but sincerity isn't what makes it true. that, that isn't altogether truth. I've stood when I, a year or not long ago uh, in India and seen them with an idol with rubies in their ears as worth thousands of dollars and a hideous looking face in it with. Great eyes and seen the priest pour holy water over a man with his body all full of fish hooks with little water balls hanging down from it and and seen them take a a ditch of fire about thirty yards long, maybe ten foot wide, and several feet deep, just white ambers of fire, and see the man with all this torture. It may be with his lips, if he had lied or done some lies doing penance, stick his tongue out and sew it to his nose and run lances through his upper lip, bring it out up through his forehead here and stick it out like that. All kinds of hideous things and the priests pour holy water on him to and they kill a goat then to make a blood sacrifice to walk through that fire. Pursuming that they are doing the will of God, and they're sincere, they are sincere. down in Africa, see them take little children, just little fat black babies little bitty fellows, and take the witch doctor, take the knives and cut them and rub that eat berry stuff into their faces and disfigure them and castrate the little girls and so forth to make virgins out of them and all kinds of carrying on like that with the deepest of sincerity. Certainly they do. Fall before idols and even give their lives with the deepest of sincerity. But sincerity doesn't make it. They're presuming that's right. They just think it's right. And you we look down upon them. And we think they ought to be taught different. But we in America are just as bad... And if anything, worse off. It's true. We pursue. We take it for granted. We venture anywhere without the actual authority of doing it. There's no authority in the Bible for a Christian to drink, gamble, lie, grouse, People join these churches and go right on just the same. They join these churches, women cut their hair, wear shorts, smoke cigarettes. Sure, go right on. They think that's all right. They presume it's all right. But it's not all right. It's not all right. By A million miles is not right. God's Word don't support it. It's contrary to it but they presume it's all right. Somewhere out here at the West Coast. Now, this isn't over on the Presbyterians now. This is the Pentecostals and a great fine church, wonderful organization. But they have so got away from the word. This lady wore long hair. She had it done in a little round thing on the back of her head. And they'd go around to her and say, Hey, your tire's flat in the back. And all of them made fun of her. Even the pastor told her she should have her hair cut because it was different. She asked me, she said, Brother Branham, what about it? I said, he told you something wrong. Our Pentecostal sisters does the same thing. Like the world. Someone said the other day, he said, Brother Brandon, people regard you as a prophet. Why in the world don't you teach those people how to get spiritual gifts? Leave off of the way them women dress and those men act. Leave off of it. You got no business saying it. Teach them great deep spiritual things. I said, how can I teach them algebra when they don't know ABC? How can you give them a college education? They're not even out of kindergarten. Yeah. Amen. Don't even have common decency to clean yourselves up and act like Christians Amen. and dress like Christians and live like Christians. Yeah. And then talk about spiritual gifts. Come out of kindergarten. They presume that's all right. But it's wrong. You shouldn't do it. Your mothers didn't do it that was in Pentecost years ago. But they do it and you man, how you stand that your wives do that? You're still in kindergarten. That's right. You presume it's all right, but it isn't. You say, well, wife will do this, that. You're the head of the house. God said so. You just presume it's all right because the rest of them does it. I don't care what the rest of them does. It's what God's Word says. That's what's truth. Just presume it. See, you say, well, it's, I guess it's all right. Uh, the pastor, I don't care what the pastor says. The word is right. The word's what's right. See, don't presume it. You're getting trouble. Just do what the word says do. Yes, sir. The people, they, they keep on doing it just the same. But they're presuming to be right when it's not. People say, well, he's too good. He's, he's too good to do it. God is so good. I believe that. I believe God is good. A teenage boy said not long ago in our town, our city, he said, you know what? He said, God is so good, Brother Branham. He said, you know, God is so good, he just lets me do anything. He said, he don't care, he don't mind, because he's just so good to me. (laughs) Nonsense! God is a good God. We hear so much about him being a good God. And I believe he is a good God. That's right. He is a good God, but if He's a good God, He's got to be a just God. Yeah. He can't give us a commandment to do something or another, and we disobey it and expect to escape the judgment. He's also a God of wrath, yeah. God of judgment. That's what makes Him a good God, because He keeps His word, watches over. So we can't expect to do wrong these things that we do and get by with it. No, we just He's not too. He's, not so, he's good. That is true. I don't want you to misunderstand me. But God is a good God. That is exactly right. But remember, the only way He can be good is to be just. And if He's just, He has to keep His own commandments. And if He keeps His commandments, it's wrong for Christians to intolerate with the world. It's wrong. We shouldn't do it. We're to be a different person. And we're only venturing out, pursuing it without actual authority. Amen. God's Word gives us the authority, and that's the authority we should stand on. It's what God said. Here Israel pursued that they were all right. He had been a good God, where I just read in Numbers. He had been a good God. He had went down in Egypt and brought them out of bondage. Sure He is a good God. Why, He even rained the, the manna out of heaven upon us. Good God, sure, it was very well. But then, when he come down to a time that his word was to be fulfilled, when he come to Kadesh Barnea, and the spies come back with the evidence of the land beyond, then they presumed that it would be all right if they bypassed that. God was angry with them, and Moses said, "Don't go up there with the Amalekites." Because you haven't fulfilled what God told us to do. See, the commandment was, I have given you that land. Go take it. And they come back with the evidence of it. But they doubted it. They wanted to walk back, rather go back to Egypt. Than to go on and take it because they was afraid. So many people are afraid today. That somebody, your neighbor is going to say something against you. Many times the pastor is afraid to say something that uh, about the gospel. I'm afraid it'll hurt somebody's feelings. They ought to be hurt. It should be hurt. Amen. Sometimes the 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 women are afraid to say, "Brother Random, it's like this poor soul." She said, "I'm afraid to let if I didn't cut my hair off my my husband and and the rest of the women." Well. Uh, Brother, don't pursue on those things. Take the Word of God for it. Amen. You know you got a soul that's got to be saved. Amen. Do you realize death doesn't change that soul? Yeah. Death doesn't change nothing but his dwelling place. Whatever it is when it leaves you. We go to a funeral home. We feel sorry for the, the persons that's dead. Sometimes we want to think of the best things we can for them. That is right. But Jesus so strictly said, except a man be born again, he will in no wise enter in. So there's no halfway line. You presume he went to heaven. But according to the word, he didn't do it. See, you just presume he did. Well, he was a good church member. He'd done good for the neighbors. That's fine. We believe that. That's good. There's nothing to say against that part. But did you realize what kept the people out of the promised land? They were borderline believers. They went so far but wouldn't go any farther. That's the way men and women people do today. They'll go so far in God. They'll say, yes, I'll I'll believe. I'll, I'll be baptized. I'll do this, that, or the other. Any rules the church has to lay down. But when it comes to surrender everything to Christ, your life and all, that's where the line lays. That's what makes people say, well, I look at the rest of them. And here to you older Christians, to the younger, the younger women, look at the older women. The younger man, look at the older man. And see the way you conduct yourself. To see what you do. And they presume that they're all right is because you do the way you do. Amen, now, if the Pentecostal church would really live to its standard. If it would live what it claims to have. Then the world will thirst after it. But when they see the yeah. Pentecostal church lay down with just as many things almost as the world's got, then they presume that they're just as good as you are.
1: Amen. Amen. That's
0: right. That's right. they got a right to. Yes. But we got to get away from that. We can't presume it. we got to line up with the Word. You see, now it's almost an impossible thing to get people praying, fasting, calling on the Lord. It seems like the church has got so drowsy. Lazy in these last days. So pitiful. And I hate to come and just keep stirring and preaching and that's saying these right. things. But a, a brother, sister, that's true. Oh, yeah. I, I just can't hold it. It's the gospel. And it must be preached. It's got to be preached to as a witness. It's true. So I think that uh, we're just presuming too much. We presume because we had an experience. Five years ago, Brother Branham, I was walking down the street one day and the Holy Ghost just blessed me. And I run down the street and I, I thought, Lord, you have to take me somewhere because I'm going to misbehave on the street. Maybe you were out in the uh, church and you got an experience. You spoke with tongues and think, well, that's all right. I can go ahead now. And, and OK, I see the rest of them doing this. You're just presuming that. Israel had those experiences. Israel had come out of Egypt. Israel had seen signs and miracles and wonders all down along their roads. That passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. They seen a, a manna fall out of heaven every night. They were witnessing the blessings of God upon their life. But then they failed to disobey one of God's commandments, and what happened? The blessing cut off from them. And they presumed that because God had been so good, He'd just go on and be good on. But God can't do that. I think we've come to that spot. We've come to a Kadesh Barnea. Where we, when God's given the issue for the, the church to call a halt. And back to prayer life. Back to a consecration. Back to a spot that we consecrate ourselves away from the things of the world and away from our little petty differences among us and 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 get back to God in brotherly love and humility back to the power of God again. See, we're just we're just presuming that we're running all right because God is blessing that that. He's blessing Israel probably the same day that they refused to go up there and to take the promised land. The same day that they disbelieved the spies. The manna fell just the same that night. But they were all out of the will of the Lord. They could not win another battle until they come back and, and made things right with God. Now it's, I think it's time for the church to get back to God again. Get back and get started like it should be going so we can continue on in our, our journey. Yeah, they know God was a good God. He was full of mercy. He'd give them mercy. He'd show them His glory. How there wasn't even their shoes wasn't wearing out. Their clothes wasn't getting threadbare. And manna was falling from heaven every night. They'd seen miracles and signs all along of the presence of God with them. Yet they presumed that because God had did that, they could go up there and take that mountain. Here it is. Amen. Come on. Praise
1: God.
0: Well, if we want spiritual gifts in the church, if we want the power of God and the real power of God, now I tell you, brother and sister, it's so easy for someone to be deceived on that. Right. Sensations and things the devil can impersonate nearly any sensation that God's got. Yeah, right. See? But you see, our church is not moving the way it should move. We know there's something wrong. See, and we know then that God will not be with us until we get whatever it is straightened out. So it's time to check up. See the things that we should do and what things we should not do. And then get ready and go ahead. It's all right. Blessings. Samson. Well, Samson was a great man. He was born a Nazarite unto the Lord. He had his seven locks of hair hanging around his shoulders. He proved by his sign that he was a, a, a Nazarite unto the Lord. And God was good. Though he ran away from his parents and went down and started going with a Philistine woman. And that was against the tradition or against Israel to ever a fool with a Philistine. But here he was going down there. God just kept on bearing merciful to him. He was all right. And then he, he, uh, she tried to woo him to his, his, his secret. Instead of coming out and telling her uh, not to do such a thing as that. And he was a Nazirite to the Lord and he wouldn't tell it. He told her, said, buy my hands. Lied to her. See? And God forgive his lie. And he broke the bands and on and on like that. To finally one time that he presumed that he could just do anything he wanted to. Get by with it. Amen.
1: That's what the trouble is. Presume right.
0: right. Pursume that we can do anything and just get by with it. We're Pentecostal people, you see. Yeah. We can just do anything and get by with it. You can't do it.
1: Amen.
0: You cannot do it. Amen. We just can't go on because we're a great organization. Thank the Lord for that, for a great organization. That's appreciated. But we just can't go on and say we got more members than the next fellow, and therefore he's not in the race, and we can just go on. I'll tell you, we're going to quit doing this and quit doing that, and I think, well, I think this is old-fashioned. I, I don't think we're going to have them prayer meetings and all this going on. I think we ought to do that. You're just presuming. I'll tell you again, instead of preaching, taking so many of our students over here and getting them crammed so full of theology and things like that, I think it'd be better to take them in an upper room hey, like we used to have a long time ago for an experience. Hudson Taylor said one time, the great missionary to India, a young Indian boy got converted, He's filled with the Spirit of God. He said his face is shining like a, a light. And he come in and said, Mr. Taylor Now I believe I will go to school and take my four years that I missed in college. He said, then I think I'm going to study and get my Bachelor of Art. And within a few years, I'll be able to to go out and preach the gospel. Mr. Taylor, the renowned Christian that he was, he said, son, go with what you got now. That's it. Said, start giving light when the candle is lit, not when it's half gone. That's right. Tell what you know. You ain't got no experience, you can't tell nothing. But what we need is to is get back with God. That's true. See, we must get back to that experience again, the thing that cleans us up, inside and outside. If the inside gets right, the outside will take care of it. It'll, take, it'll automatically be there. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Samson said, well, I'll just raise and shake myself, just like I've always done, and then when I do it, Uh, God will be there. I just presume he's there. But he found out he was gone. You know what? I believe that the church ought to get back to holiness again. Or to get back to the right way of living. See, we presume that because we received the Spirit. Because that we danced in the Spirit. Because that we've done these things that we have done. And God's blessed us. And we've seen the healing meetings. We've seen the revivals and so forth. We just figure that that's all right. Now, when we do that, we'll fashion it down, settle down, because we've got a great building. We've got a nice denomination. We've got all this. We've got the highest class of this, the best church in this city. And all these things so we can bring the world in and say, See, our piano and our organ and our so-and-so is just as good as yours. And our, our benches and pews is as good as yours. Our preacher is just as highly educated as yours. We're presuming that God's still with us when He isn't. Amen. Amen. must remember that. When we begin to see the miracles and signs and wonders of God, we see the power of God come down and then see people live different, clean up their lives, bust all tempers, high-tempered, fuss and stew and fight with one another, members disorderly, trying all kinds of sin among us, unbelief. Somebody preach a word of God and say, God said you must be born again if you can't just get in. I disagree with that. <laughs> now say you got the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit won't deny his own word. Amen. Got to stay with that word. Amen. Because he is the one who spoke it. If I speak a word and then deny what I said, then my word's no good. The Holy Spirit's got to keep what he said. Amen. And this word written here is the word of the Holy Spirit. I believe it. Amen. That's right. Now we find out. That God, we need more holiness. We need to be cleaned up our churches. Samson, he thought, well, I, I just went down there and lived with this prostitute and everything. Then she uh, finally told me to do this and I finally got by with it and then all this. and all, uh, I, I really told her the truth that here's where it's all about. It was like this and I, I think it'll be all right. I presume he's with me. But when he got up and shook himself, he found out That his power was gone. I think today, brother, when we look around upon our churches, the way they're going, it's time to shake ourselves. Something's wrong. We're presuming that we're running all right. We're presuming that we're doing fine. I was speaking not long ago to some of our businessmen, our brethren. I said in a certain meeting that we were in, over across the seas, and the brother was there and, they had a meeting and they was telling about how the Lord had blessed them and they had a little bit of business on the corner and it, they got, give their life to Christ and they had a fleet of Cadillacs now. So I said to the brethren, I said, don't say that. That's contrary. That ain't the way the first Pentecostals did. They got rid of what they had and give to the poor. That man are businessmen. They own factories and everything else. You've got to give them something that they don't know about. That's what's matter with the church. We get the bright lights and everything and and almost the honky-tonks in the church. We're trying to compare with the world. You can never do that. we got to invite the the world on the church grounds, not go out on their grounds. We can't compare with them there, but we've got something that they haven't got. That's That's the the thing we want to show them is Christ in our lives, the power of the Holy Ghost. See, show them something that they haven't got. Let them come on our ground. Amen. They want Christ come on this ground. But don't do like them and act like them. That's wrong. That's where Samson made a mistake. He went from Palestine down into the Philistine country. He got off the wrong of his own grounds. They found him one time presuming that God was with him and God had left him. Achan, well, while he took that little wedge and that Babylonian garment. Well, he thought he presumed it'd never be seen. Well, what's that? It's just a little garment. I'll stick it under here and probably my family will long enjoy this. I got a, a wedge. If we ever get into a tight place, well, I got a, a wedge of gold. Nobody. I see it. Just wrap the thing together and put it under my coat and go on. He presumed that it was all right. Presuming, But God's commandment was take nothing out of that cursed city. Amen. Don't have nothing around you that's cursed then how can we smoke cigarettes? How can women cut their hair? God says that when they do that, it's wrong. How can you wear these little uh, trousers of a thing that they wear? What God said a woman that puts on a garment pertains to a man, it's an abomination in his sight. God don't change. How can we do it? And it's, it's presuming that it's all right. It's not all right. It's not all right. Our Pentecostal women does a thing like that. you better stop and check up. Shake yourself. Amen. Look back. don't presume those things because you're wrong. Absolutely wrong. The Egyptians, when they come after uh, Moses and the Israelites, they seen Moses march right through that sea, walk across our ever Israelite. They were circumcised and dedicated to the Lord. They, the commandments of God was with them. The signs of God was following them. They walked right through the sea. There was no mistake. The Egyptians stood and watched them do it. Well, they said, I presume if they can do it, we can too. (laughs) Now, we look back and see the Pentecostal church at the beginning. We think about the Pentecostal 30, 40 years ago. We think about the Pentecostal post nicene council. We think about them in the early ages of Irenaeus, St. Martin, Columbus. Justin, Polycarp, all of those sainted men. And we feel that seeing them, that we got the same blessing they had. So we can perceive that we can just go right on like they do. We perceive that we can do the same things that they did. But we can't do it under these circumstances, under these conditions that the church is in now. Look what those men did. Look what those churches did. What a sacrifice it was. What they had to give up, how they counted their lives, not even nothing to them. They stayed on their face day and night praying to the Lord. Yes. They went everywhere they could and searched for every, every crack and corner they could get to testifying of the kingdom of God to the people. And today we just expect the pastor to bring it in his briefcase for the grand evangelist and bless God I belong to the church. <laughs> That's it. See? I'm a member there. I'm just, I believe in this church. This, this church is all right. Sure, the building might be all right.
1: <laughs>
0: there might be nothing wrong, no termites or nothing in it. But what about the building? The other building? What kind of termites has it got in it? That's the thing that might cause us trouble. Too. The termites will eat into the soul. <clears throat> oh, how we need to check up instead of, pers- instead of presuming that we're all right. Yes, yeah. They uncircumcised uh, Egyptians. They thought we'll just pass right through the sea like they did, and they lost their lives. Achan thought, this little old wedge, it won't make any difference. The rest of the ladies are cutting their hair. I'll do the same thing. It won't make any difference. But what did it do? It never brought pleasure to his family. It brought death to every one of them. And when we compromise on any commandment of God to please the people, we kill the thing right there. One little wedge. One Babylonian garment. Stop the marching army. Brother, one thing that we permit the church to do that's wrong, one thing that we won't call out against and make the people straighten it up, it'll stop the march of the church. They presume you're going on. We may be in name. We may be in numbers. But that ain't what counts. That isn't what counts. It's God with us. God in us. God moving through us. His word alive in us. Don't presume that you know that. Watch the way it makes you live. The attitudes you take towards sin. How everything, ever while well, you think about a holy God. Did you ever think that that one you are going to stand in His presence and give an account for this Word and for Christ? Oh, yeah. When God's so holy, setting yonder in eternity, when ten million suns would be black spots before Him. Amen. So holy that even the angels look filthy in His sight. Angels before Him are filthy. You expect you and I with His Word and the blood of His Son to cleanse us from sin and walk right over His commandments and walk out into the world you expect to stand there blameless? When you know better than to do it, the church better be straightened up. Unless let's not pursuing this because we're a bigger number than we used to be and we're more financially better than we used to be. we got better buildings than we used to have. We would dress better clothes than we used to have. We, used, we have better cars than we used to have. But oh, brother... I wonder about Christ. How much is He with us? That's it. We're just pursuing. Yes, sir. The uncircumcised could not do it. That's right. They got drowned in the sea. In the days of Noah. When Noah was building that great boat that was going to stem the tides. Well, no doubt, but many of the church members of that day said, Well, that fanatic, what if it does happen? What if it does happen? What if it does come a storm? We'll get in our boat and ride. Our boat's as good as their boat. Our boat will float as much as theirs, whether it's God-constructed or not. That's what people don't do today. They say, I belong to this church. I joined over here. That's as good as any of them. Well, brother, if we're not on the Word, and the Word's not in us, we're just presuming we're all right. You remember when the floods came, only the God-constructed boat floated. They presumed they'd be all right. But presuming you're all right and being all right is different. You say, Brother Bram, you're kind of tying us out. You're on a limb somewhere, aren't you? No, I just want to show you what's up before you. And we'll come to the rescue just in a minute. Yes. You say, well, no, somebody said, well, here, I got, well, I know John Doe down here on the corner. Well, he's got a boat that uh, we could ride any stream with. But you see, it wasn't God constructed it wasn't put up with the shit of wood and the yeah. oh, way oh. God constructed it. Yeah. You say, I got a church, Brother Branham. Oh, we, we belong to the biggest denomination in this city. We are, we're the biggest church there is around here. And we got the best dressed group of people. The mayor comes to our church. And the officials come to our church. Why, we, uh, all this we got. See, but unless that is constructed by God, it won't stand. No denomination unless it's uh, constructed by God's construction here that it will not stand. That's right. It has to come the way God said build It can't come any other way. Not by creed, not by disjourning, not by this or not by sensation. It's got to come by the way of the cross. It's got to come by the way of the blood. It's got to come and be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's got to be Holy Ghost material and Holy Ghost material makes Holy Ghost people. A cypress boat Material makes a cypress boat. A poplar material make a poplar boat. See what I mean? And worldly material makes a worldly church. A Holy Ghost material makes a Holy Ghost church. What is this Holy Ghost church, Brother Branham? How does it do? How does it act? We'll we'll find out just in a little bit, see. All right, constructed. The same as now. They they try to believe. So many uh, today... Uh, so many down through the age has talked about there's so many different ways telling you so many people of different ways it's a confusion. You go over here my old mother that just passed away a few months ago when she was laying there on the bed said Billy I'm going. I said mother don't talk like that she said I'm going. She said I want to go see my other children I want to see dad I'm going. And she looked over I was standing there her oldest Here to my sister the youngest and There were ten of us children, nine boys and a girl. She looked and she said, my first and my last. She said, Dolores, you're my only girl. You've been good to me. Said, you've come and helped me do my washing. You've you've loved me and taken care of me. She said, Billy, you've seen that I never went hungry. You've paid my bills. You've given me a place to live in. And said, you've been my spiritual guide. And I said, Mother, a few years ago, when I come to Christ as a little boy after being called as a child, I said... I first being Irish, I thought I'd go down to the Irish church and they said, we are the church. No matter what anything else says, we are the church. And said, this is what you come. You got to come. This, this is the only church. And I said, then I thought I'd go over and visit the Lutheran. The Lutheran said, we, we are the church. We are, we're that. A bo- and our church is a body of people called our body of people. And I thought, well, now which one of them is the body? Which one of them really is the church? One says it's this way and one says it's that way. Went to the Methodists, they're this way. The Baptist, this way. I said, I found out there's about 900 different churches. See, each one pulling this way and that way. Just I said, I could base no faith upon that. I could not do it, Mama. Therefore, I didn't take any of them. But I went back and I found out what the constructions was. What God laid down the instructions, rather. What the instructions was to be done. And I taught it just exactly the way the apostles taught it. And I got the same results. (laughs) I said, now that's it. That's it. I took God's word and just laid it out like that. And she said, Billy, I'm resting on that. And when the poor old thing couldn't even speak no more, I said, Mother, I want to commit her soul to God. I did my father. And I want to commit her soul to God. And she was laying there. She could no more speak. I said, Mother, I'm standing here yet. You know it. If you can... Uh, bat your eyes. And she'd bat her eyes. And I said, I want to ask you something now, Mother. You're just a few minutes away now. And I said, I want to stand here to see Jesus come get your soul. And I said, then I committed to Him. I said, I want to ask you something, Mother. I said, I, I baptized my mother about 30 years ago. And she was filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and she was a, a Christian, a real saint of God. And I said, Mother, does Jesus mean right here when you've got maybe five more minutes to live? Does Jesus just as sweet to you as he was the day you received the Holy Ghost? I said, Mother, I want to say this for my own so I can tell others. Is he just as sweet right now? You're my mother. You wouldn't tell me anything wrong. I want to know how you feel right now. Is he just as sweet as he was when you received him back under 30 years ago? If it is, you can't speak but bat your eyes real fast. And she'd bat her eyes real fast, the tears run down the cheeks. Oh, brother. That's it. You're not presuming then. Amen. You know where you stand. That's right. Oh, don't presume about it. There's so many different ways. Just don't presume. But God has given a vindication of His promise. See, we don't have to presume about it. God's vindicated it. Now, in Deuteronomy 18.22, you can find 18.15 to 22, you'll find out the Bible said that the Lord your God will raise up a prophet like unto me, Moses speaking. And he, the people, ever who will not hear this prophet will be cut off from amongst the people. And then he goes ahead and said, if there be a prophet among your one who professes to be, and what he says doesn't come to pass, then don't you fear him? It's not right. But if the Lord has spoke to him, he'll bring it to pass. That's the way you'll know it. God give us instructions whether to know where we don't have to presume anything. Nothing. You don't have to just imagine you can have an experience to know it. Yes? Sir. And John 14:12, that prophet that the Lord raised up, which was Christ Jesus his Son, that same prophet in St. John 14:12 said, "He that believeth on me the works that I do shall he do also." Brother don't no pursuing on that Not a thing. He said that he shall do it." And Mark 16 chapter from 15 to 18 verse, Jesus said, "These signs shall follow them that believe." You don't have to pursue. Do I imagine I'm right? Can I uh, think I'm right? Jesus said, these signs shall follow them. That believe." You don't presume nothing about it. John, the Baptist, he didn't have to presume say, I presume maybe that is the Christ. I'm not sure. Now, that may be him standing right there. I presume maybe it is. He didn't say that. He He said, behold, there stands the Lamb of God. He wasn't presuming it was. He knew it was. Why? God had told him in the wilderness, now you're not going to be fooled by this, John. This is an important thing. You don't want to get your things mixed up. That's what today. God wants His church to you know what's yeah, truth. We don't want to get mixed up on this. Amen. Brother, you don't get another trial. That's right, Lord Jesus. You better be right. When the ship pulls into your house, when death floats around in the room, you've got to be sure of this. Amen. Don't take no chance on it. Don't do it. It's wrong. Be sure you're right. And he said to John, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending, that's the one that'll baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire. See? That's him. That'll be the one. John didn't say, I'll presume it. He said, There he is. Oh, God. That's it. Holy he didn't presume nothing. He knew that was the Son of God. He knew that was the Lamb that was taken away the sin of the world because it was revealed to him. And you'll never know no better until it's revealed to you. And how can God reveal to you something that's contrary to His Word? The only way the Holy Ghost will ever be able to reveal Himself to you is when He keeps His promise to you. These signs shall follow them that believe. My name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Take up serpents or drink daily things that wouldn't harm them. Lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. This will all men know that you're my disciples when you have love one for the other. These are the commandments. These are the things to watch. The fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long suffering, faith, goodness, meekness, gentleness, patience. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's the things, the evidences. That's the vindication. That's how God vindicates it. He proves it to you. What was the difference in Moab up on the mountain with seven altars and seven rams? And Israel down in the valley with seven altars and seven rams. Both of them keeping the commandments of God. Both of them trying to do it. But God vindicated Israel. How did Cain, when he made an altar, just as prettier prettier than Abel's, he offered fruits, he gave his tithes, he brought his income into the house of the Lord, he knelt on the altar, he bowed himself, he prayed, he worshipped, just as sincere as any man. But God vindicated Abel by consuming His sacrifice. On Mount Carmel, that great day, when 400 pagan priests had gathered out there of the house of the first lady of the land, when they gathered out there to make their sacrifice, they called all day long and there was no sound or fire. But when Elijah laid the bullock up on there and poured seven barrels of water up on it, God vindicated her. That was the truth. If you say you're a believer, God vindicated. Vindicates it. You don't have to pursue anything. Right. It's God consume. You don't have to presume. That's right. A brass altar consume the sacrifice. If the sacrifice is laid upon the altar and it was not consumed God refused it. See? It's consuming and you are God's sacrifice. Lay yourself upon the altar and say God just take it all out of me. Empty up so you can fill me up. And use me. That's right. Don't presume it. Believe it. Yes, sir. If you don't believe it, you, you, God won't receive your sacrifice. He could say, "John did this is him. He, he's true. I know it's him." Nathaniel went back to Deuteronomy 18, and uh, you find uh, Deuteronomy 18:15. If you want to put it down, he didn't have to presume. When Philip went over and got him, he said, "Come see, we found the Messiah." Now, see, Philip was positive. He knew what he's talking about. He said, "We found the Messiah." Now, come, let us go over here and see. Let's, let's reason it out together and see if this could be the Messiah. Let you and I just take our books and go down and find out. It was no reasoning with him. He wasn't presuming it was the Messiah. He knew it was. Right. He knew it was. Amen. So Nathaniel, being a good scholar, when he walked up there in the face of Jesus, and Jesus said, Behold an Israelite in whom there's no guile. And he was presuming he was done. He said, Rabbi, when did you know me? He said before Philip called you when you were under the tree. <laughs> no more presuming. What? He knew that God had said that. God had said if there be a prophet, one that raises up among you and what he says doesn't come to pass, then don't hear him. But if it does come to pass, I've sent him. There you are. He didn't have to pursue. He knew that was the Messiah. Look at the woman at the well. When Jesus is out there at the well. At Samaria. When she was standing at the well, she said, you know the story about bring me a drink. And said the wells deep and you have nothing to draw with and so forth. As the conversation went on. And finally, he told her, said, go get your husband and come here. And she said, I have no husband. She said, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Like she told her, he said, I have no husband. She said, he said, that no, you said, well, because you've had five. And the one you're living with now is not your husband. She said, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. We know, not we presume. (laughs) We presume that maybe, we we presume maybe that the Messiah might do this. We presume, we know that when the Messiah cometh, hallelujah. That's it. We know we're not presuming nothing. We know exactly what the Scripture says. Yes. Brother, the Scripture said we got to be born again. We've got to separate ourselves from all filthiness of the world and be holy. We got, we've got, got to do that. That's what the Bible said. Amen. Our women are not to act like the world. Our men are not to act like the world. We're not to stand around and tell dirty jokes to each other. We're not to go out here and smoke cigarettes, take a social drink to keep our job. Well, if I had to, uh, to eat soda crackers and drink branch water, I'd rather starve on the street. I had to keep a job where I had to drink the devil's rot and smoke cigarettes and everything else to keep favor. No, sir. I'd rather separate myself from a group of people that calls themselves Christians. They would call me old-fashioned if I was a woman because I had to wear, wear long hair and decent-looking clothes. I'd rather separate myself and be a fanatic
1: than
0: to associate with such people that would laugh and make fun of such things as that. Well, it's an abomination in the sight of God. It's right. But yet we try to say that's just the thing. We presume that's all right. The rest of them does it. Well, that don't make it. Any... Judas betrayed Christ. Is that sign you have to do it? No, sir. We don't want to do that. You want to, you want to keep God's word. Don't presume nothing. Take what God's word says. Yes, sir. What if the disciples, now at the day of Pentecost, closing. What if the disciples said, we went up there and it was up there for nine days. On the ninth day, what if Peter come around and said, Brethren... You know our Lord can't lie. No, He can't lie. Matthew'd say that. That's right, Simon. He, he can't lie. What do you think about it, Mark? Oh, that's right. He can't lie. He told us if we'd come up here to the city Jerusalem and Terry, He would send the promise of our Father up on us. We believe that, don't we, brethren? Oh, sure. Now I tell you what. We've been here nine days. I presume we've already received it. <laughs> oh, that make good Baptists and Methodists and Presbyterians. <laughs> I presume we've got it, brothers. Let's go out and start a meeting. They'd have never had it. But they didn't presume nothing. Why? They know that over in the scriptures, I'll give you some scriptures just a minute as soon as they turn it up. And Isaiah 28, 11, he said, Precept must be upon precept. Line upon line upon line. Here a little and there a little. Hold fast that what's good for with stammering lips and other tongues while I speak to this people. Yes, amen. This is the rest. Joel 2.28 said, It shall come to pass in the last days, as I pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Hallelujah. Your son and daughter shall promise.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah! They waited until the Scripture was made manifest to them. They didn't pursue nothing. They waited until it was over. They waited until they got it. The Pentecostal church still, their women cutting their hair, their men still... Smoking cigarettes and the things that we do and things like that and and letting our people carry on like that. We're pursuing something. Let's come back, brother. Let's go back here just a minute. We're running ahead of ourselves. We can't be Pentecostal and do like that. No, sir. Let's come back until there comes a consuming fire of God down and receives a sacrifice, gets the church wholly filled with the Spirit of God and old-fashioned Pentecostal powers begins to show itself in the church again. sure Sure, we're just pursuing it see we're taking well yes sir I believe I spoke with tongues one day I believe I received it Brother Branham I I believe that's right and acting the way you act doing the things that you do associating with the world watching television on Wednesday night instead of going to prayer meetings love them we love Susie and all them other things better than you love the Bible read magazines before Pentecostal people read magazines before cause the rest of women act like that you have to do it too doing all these kind of things and then you're just pursuing uh,
1: yeah. he that loves
0: the world or the things of the world the love of God's not even in him trying it's the truth it's getting to a place where it's all show it's all just a show instead of old-fashioned holiness instead of getting back to God you see the pictures today of advertisement the bench going out and real pretty curly hair I would like to have some that's true, but you notice them. They'll take their picture, over. they hold, they hold their head down sideways to show that real pretty curly hair. Oh yeah, advertisement under you know, stuff like that. Let me tell you, brother. <laughs> oh, wonder the spirit of God's departed from the thing. No wonder we're Baptist as cold as a Methodist or Baptist. We got to come out of this, brother, sister, yes. or God will consume us. That's right. Exactly right we got to come back to the power of God the old prayer meetings and shakings of the Holy Ghost until men and women live holy and sanctified. Oh yeah, right. yes, Get the world and all the Hollywood and dress and stuff out of the thing. <laughs> That's right, brother. Yes, oh, how sin is so deceitful. God easily creeps in like that and takes the things and just grabs onto you and holds you and goes away with it. Yes, sir. Intellectuals. You churches sometimes voting for your pastor or however you do it. They do it at the Baptist churches and so forth and Presbyterians and Methodists and Pentecostals too, of course. You want your pastor, you try to find some great intellectual guy so you can say to your neighbor over here, see, our, guy's got a, our, our pastor's got a college education. Yeah. See? Uh, well, you, you pick a man like that if I want a man to teach my children, to leave them under his tutorship and things like that, and my brother, and my mother, and someone that I'm expecting to meet over on the land, I'd rather have a man that didn't know his ABC. Yeah. When it comes to the intellectual standpoint, yeah. I'd rather he know Christ. That's right, as Savior. Yes, sir. Whether you got preach or stand up and slobber and everything else what make me no difference. we overhauls in the pulpit. What difference does that make? The trouble is we got too dressy and fashion and Pentecostals. We just, it's just all of us. We're just going to be consumed if we don't do something about this. We need prayer meetings. We need back to the power of God.
1: Yes, sir. And you
0: say a little thing about it. Oh, my goodness. They, people just think that's horrible. I oh, wouldn't want him in my church saying things like him. Mm. See, that's it. What's the matter? He goes, show there's something wrong inside. This is God's Word. This is His command. We're presuming we're all right, but I wonder, wonder what God says about it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's, that's awful. Say that. Right. Yes, sir. The day of Pentecost, they waited till they had scriptural authority. That's right. Or they claimed anything. They know they had it. They didn't say, say, well, I, I, I felt a little sensation. They felt it, saw it, and everything else. They know it was there. they seen it moving in them, working in them, talking through them. <laughs> everything. It was there. They didn't have to presume nothing. It was there talking for itself. And a man, when he's born again in the Spirit of God, is the same thing today. You don't presume. I, I believe we received the Holy Ghost when we believe. No, you didn't. You don't, re- some you could do it, but just because you believe, if God didn't fill you with the Holy Ghost, then He hasn't vindicated you yet. You haven't got it. That's right. See? That's right. Don't presume you've got it. Be sure of that thing. You don't want to take a chance on it. Don't, because you'll be lost. Just don't presume. Just say, go, stay till it's over with. Today, we take it by a creed or by some kind of a sensation. I heard someone, as I was saying at the beginning of my message, back here a few days ago, I was in a place and some of them said, um, now you have to wear Elijah's garment. My, there's more different garments and, and touch and handle and sensations I ever heard in my life. So now just let go blank, go blank, hold your head back. Good, honest people, go blank. Don't think of nothing. Just, just, just let your mind go completely blank now. I say, I believe God, oh, I believe you're going to give me the, the Elijah's garment. don't want Elijah's garment. I want the Holy Ghost. I want to come upon the basis of this world. I want to come with the knowledge. See, I come upon ha, believing that I can't be covered with Elijah's garment. I want to be covered with the garment of the righteousness of Jesus Christ, clothed in his righteousness. Sure, that's the garment we want. Yes, sir? Say, then we have it. We, uh, and people go believe in that. Say, well, I presume now that I got it. I had a funny feeling, you see. Or I, I really did. I, uh, cold children on the hold of me, yeah. Some of them said, well, it even made me cry. I did it at my mother's funeral. But still, that didn't have anything to do with that. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a power of God. That sanctioning right. the heart is a witness of the Spirit. Yeah. You're born again. Your life is cleaned up. The world's dead and all the stink of it. It's like the garlic in Egypt. See, you're far away from it. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things just passed away. You become a new altogether, a new creation. Born to the Spirit. Yes, sir. Your whole members of your body are submissive to His Spirit. and You're moving in the Holy Ghost. and you're not listening to the sound of the world. Your eyes are on heavenly things. That, that's, that's when you really... Uh, God's vindicating the, the thing. But as long as you still got the world and want to say, Well, uh, they do this and they do that. I presume that they got it. They, uh, they they might have it. I don't know what they got, but it, it ain't this I'm talking about. That's exactly right. I mean, that's, that's one thing true. Because it makes you. Yes, sir. Then could you imagine a person having the Holy Ghost and denying part of God's Word, taking half of it, and saying their half's no good? See, so I believe a man ought to live a pretty good life. But when we come to a time of thinking about divine healing and all this stuff like that, and abstaining, and all, oh, we have to be this. That I don't believe. It. Uh-huh. The Bible said that would come to pass having a form of godliness, but denying the power. Yeah. Yeah. They deny half of His Word and all of His power. That's right. Yeah, yes, sir. that's true. And then, you know, they presume they got it. It's yeah. all right. Yes. A, lady, a couple ladies met one of our sisters coming down here. and She had a little wreck on the road or heard her burst of a plug in her car or something. Some women picked her up from a certain church and told her words come and said, Oh, the Lord let us here. Say so you're an era. The Pentecostals in the era. You see, so we, Oh, I'd like to have been there. Half, half. Stop presuming. Wait until all the temper are gone. The signs of the Bible of your salvation is performing in you. Moses presumed without an actual call that God would surely reveal it to the people. He was going out and take over Egypt down there. He presumed that it was time to do it. But he failed and miserably failed and gave up the play. Give up the whole thought of it. Till one day God met him. When he met God at the burning bush. Uh-huh. He got in the bush and the bush got in him. Yeah. Then there was a difference. He didn't pursue. Now, I don't know. I believe I'll just kill this Egyptian. Hide him down here in the sand. And, and that'll be all. That's another Aiken's wedge, you see. See, but when God spoke to him in the burning bush. And he actually seen God, experienced God. And knowed that God was. And heard him say, I will surely be with you. That's a that's a personal call. Many times people go and say, "I believe I was called to preach the gospel." See, a man's got no business preaching the gospel until I don't care how well he's educated, how well he knows the Bible. The devil knows it better than any of us. That's right. But he can't live it. That's it. He can't live it. See, that's the only advantage you got over him. See, he might know it as well as you do, but he can't live it like you can. Christ died that you could live it. See, and he never for him. So now I see that no minister's got any rights, no matter how smart how much theology he knows and how well he knows the Bible. He's got no business in the pulpit preaching the gospel until first he has met God. Yeah. Right. Not presuming that I ought to go out and make a better living and I will not want to have to work too hard. You're mistaken there, brother, if you're really a preacher. Uh, but I know uh, uh, people will be this way and it will be popular amongst the, the neighborhood where I am and things like that and I think it's the right thing to do. That's not it. A call of God is something you don't presume. It's something... I, actual experience. Yeah. Something that you've talked face to face with God and you know yeah. you're commissioned to go to yeah. it. Yeah. Surely I'll be with you. Yeah. you don't pursue nothing. <laughs> you just believe it. <laughs> yes, don't pursue it. Just don't pursue I'm running all right. Wait for a Christian personal experience. <laughs> don't claim the Holy Ghost when you see yourself still dilly-dallying in the world. Don't do that. Don't, you, you'd be better off if you just forgot about it. If you forgot. Well, say, Brother Branham, uh, I got shivers over me one day. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that might be all right, too. See, But you say, Well, I, I danced in the Spirit. I, I spoke with tongues. I, I, I might have done these things. That's fine. <laughs> yes, sir. That's all right. But if that life hasn't straightened up, right. a few men still smoke cigarettes, <clears throat> tell jokes. Take sociable drinks. Lie. Cheat. Not honest with your neighbor. Not even honest with your family.
1: Amen.
0: You and claim to have the Holy Ghost? Shh, don't you testify that no more, brother. And you Amen, women that has not the common decency to let your hair grow out like God told you to. That's right. The Bible said that a woman that'll bob her hair dishonors her head and her, that's dishonored husband. And you that'll wear these little old garments like the rest of the world wears. The Bible said that he, the woman that'll put on a garment that pertains to a man, is an abomination. Amen. Filthy in the sight of God. And then you claim to have the Holy Ghost? You're presuming you've got it. But when you get it, it cleans you up. That's right. It makes you different. You that claim you have the Holy Ghost? And you that's got long hair and where your dress is neat and everything like that, and you'll stay home on Wednesday night to watch a program, a television program, instead of going to church to prayer meeting, you're presuming you got the Holy Ghost. For when the Holy Ghost is in there, the love of God is so constrained in you that you just can't stay away from the people. See. Amen. You that has to be forced to prayer. What if my wife, if I told my wife, if I married, if I was married, I told my wife that I, I loved her. And that was a lie. And when it really come to the showdown, we, it's, a, it's an artificial love. I'm just, uh, I'm, I, it's not really the truth. See, it's just like you can wear artificial teeth. If you have no teeth, that, that's all right. So you have to have something to chew with so you get artificial teeth. That, them teeth all right to substitute until you, you get more. But that them teeth is not connected with you. They're not connected there. They're all right. They're a substitute. But they're not connected with you. They'll not come in the resurrection because they're not connected with you.
1: Amen.
0: That's right. If you had an arm cut off, you put on an artificial arm, it's a substitute to something, wear a glove and so that's that's all right. It's perfectly all right to do that. But that artificial arm will never come. Nothing artificial will ever come in the resurrection. And neither will an artificial Christian ever rise in the resurrection. You're not connected with Christ. And if you don't truly love your wife better than any other woman in the world, she's not yet there's something wrong. If you don't love your husband, if you trifle on him and don't live the right kind of life, there's something wrong. That's right. She'll not. They'll not be that sort of resurrect. You might have married him. You're living honorable to him. That's fine. I, I appreciate that. You should do that as a lady for your children and you man to your wives. That that's right. You should do that honorable. But in the resurrection, that'll not be her. You just same as in Christ now, you've got to be connected part of Christ, not something artificial. Put on, I go to church and say the doxology and the Apostles' Creed and so forth, and I believe I'm running just as well as the rest of them. Brother, you're presuming. Yes. Don't you just take that for granted. You're walking on ground, you actually have no authority to claim the Holy Ghost. Yes. You have no actual authority. What did we say back here? Webster said, Webster said to venture without actual authority you're venturing out saying i'm pentecostal when you haven't got the experience and you haven't lived in the life of pentecostal yeah. right. without actual authority or taking it for granted i spoke with tongues, so i suppose i got it i believe in speaking in tongues too but if the life doesn't follow it yeah. then it was Amen. no good <laughs> Amen. Sure. Amen. i've seen witches speak with tongues Wizards interpret it, see. I've I know that. And I've seen saints speak with tongues. It's interpreted it too. But you see, it's got to be a life. By their fruit you shall know them. The kind of life it is. And look at our Pentecostal message today. In preaching and our people letting down constantly even in normal little things that can't even get on the foundation of common decency. <laughs> then how are we going to claim the Holy Ghost? It's time, brother. No, one of the world says you ain't got what you claim to have. Yes. Uh-huh. We're pursuing it. We're taking the name of Pentecost without living the life of Pentecost. A life of Pentecost is a consecrated life, filled with the Holy Ghost, rich and royal, till there's nobody can put a finger on you. That's real Pentecost. Oh, don't we? Why would you want a substitute? Why would the devil trick you into something like that? Reading here not long ago, how easy the devil can trick a person to that. I was reading a life of Saint Martin. Many of you have read that, of course, in the Nicene, uh, post-Nicene council fathers, rather how did Satan come to him? So real. That he came to this Martin. He was dressed with a fine crown on his head. Beautiful to look at. Shiny hair. Golden shoes. Martin staggered him when he seen the vision of him standing there. He said, don't you know me, Martin? I'm Christ. Martin was a man filled with the Holy Ghost. And it really done right. See? just Listen to this. And he said... Uh, Accept me, Martin. Why do you stand hesitate, Martin looked back and said My Lord does not come back with a crown upon his head. His saints crown him. Yeah. Scripture, stay with it. Yeah. He's on the word. One night in a school, one of his students, a minister, had a school in the monastery, and many of the what they call them now. Students in Bible schools. But one of the students began to get a self style feeling. He said, I'm one of the prophets of the Old Testament. Y'all listen to me. We have that today. Yes, yes, listen to me. A real prophet never says a thing like that. Hey, Friends, hey. The last word, last person to say that. See? Y'all listen to me. The Lord's given me authority. He kept doing that. The real brethren never paid no attention to him. Neither did the bishop. Just went on. And finally... He said, because you all haven't believed me, I'm prophesying. Tonight, the Lord God will come down and give me a white robe to sit among you. I'm one of the prophets of the Old Testament. Doesn't that sound kind of natural about today? Uh-huh. Check it up now. Just go yeah. Someone said not long ago, had it in a paper. God come down, took him up for God the Father. and Felt angels with feathers on their wings.
1: <laughs>
0: all right. Then this... That night, about midnight, truly, there was a light come on in this place. And they only had torchlights in them days. Real light. You heard whispering whisper of people. Directly walked out with a white robe on. Everybody felt of it. Never seen anything like it. Everybody come around. The bishop come around looked at it. Not even what fabric it was. Beautiful. It was not a white robe. It was a, it was a purple robe. Real puffy and pretty. And never seen anything like it made in all time. Wouldn't Pentecostals have swallowed that up? Mm-hmm. My, that would have been it. Yes, sir. So the old bishop was a pretty smart man. Oh, they, what was the marathon church back there? They stayed with the Word. Yes. They never pursued nothing, no matter what kind of a sensation it was. Yes. God bless your heart. Hallelujah. Stay with that Word. Yes. I don't yes. care how much your pastor, how much John Doe, or somebody else says or the church or the organization says, this, that, or the other. It's all right. Do the best you can. Don't you believe it. Hallelujah. Just stay with that Word. Yes. So this robe was natural. And he said, now you see, from this forth I sit among you. in this lovely garment sent down from heaven. Whew, wouldn't that have tore up a Pentecostal meeting? Brother? Wouldn't they have done it? Mm. Yeah. See? Blinded eyes. Just received something. Oh, it's so easy to be deceived. Yeah. See? That's right. Don't you take that. He said, Lord, give me this. And now you all have to know that I'm a prophet. I'm one of the Old Testament prophets. Now you all listen to what I tell you. See? I'm going to give orders right here from now on. But somehow the old bishop it didn't sit with him. There just wasn't something wasn't right. See? It didn't look just right because the boy's attitude wasn't right. Absolutely. See, that ain't the way prophets act. <laughs> They're not vindicated by what they say, what they like that, what they profess is what signs follow them. I'm a Christian the same way and so forth. If we say we're Christians and still in the world, then there's something wrong. See, there's something wrong. You don't you just don't feel right, don't look right. No matter how much you say it's right, it isn't right, yet it's got to come to the Word. Back to the Word. So they said the old bishop said we'll spend the rest of the night in singing hymns and, and offering prayer. Everything went on. The old bishop prayed all night long. The rest of them and sang hymns to the Lord. The next morning they know that Martin was a vindicated prophet of God. He didn't have to tell nobody that his works proved that. So he said, "There's one more thing I want you to do, son." He said, "I want you to go stand before Martin." He said, "Oh, I am warned not to stand before Martin." <laughs> there you are. There you are. He that's got good gold don't have to fear taking it to the touching machine. Right. He that lives a life above reproach don't care what the world calls him holy or yeah, holy. God. God. Come on. That's right. right. When a man lives a life above reproach, when the woman lives a life above reproach, she can hear any kind of a word preached out of the Word of God or he the one doesn't bother. Certainly not. You don't have to go in fear of the touching stone if you've got real gold. You don't have to worry about it. It'll stand the test. And so they said, you're going anyhow. Because they know that Martin was a vindicated prophet of the Lord. So God had been with him in the things that he had done and proved that it was. So they started to pick him up to take him anyhow. And the world vanished. See? How easy. pursuing that honest boy. pursuing, he'd heard a voice. How easy it would have been for that bishop. And any of them to have fell for that. But them, brothers, stayed with the word. When that a nice council come up there. They started the argument. Many of you ministers know what I'm talking about. The ones in real schools like St. Patrick and them, it went over in the different ones, in Irenaeus and the different ones. They stayed with the Word. The rest of them took dogmas and went off, and there it is yet today. But the real believers stayed with the Word. Bless. I don't let us pursue nothing. Stay with that word. God's obligated to make. That word is a seed and that word will bring forth everything it promised to bring forth. It'll do it. It'll take the world out of you. It'll sanctify you. It'll make you live a different life. It'll make you do things that you thought you couldn't do. Amen. Because it's a word in you. Don't presume you have it. Watch your life and measure up and see what your life is. See the way you're living. See if you're in the faith. Search out and see if everything's going just right. See if the world still's got a, a love so much it'll call you away from the things that's really of God to love the world. If it is, brother, check up right here, stop right here. Say, Satan, you take that dirty thing back. Yeah. I'll not receive it. Well, the, over so and so's church they do that. Brother so and so lets his people. I don't care what brother so and so does, the word says not to do it. That settles it. Yeah. Oh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they they're the greatest organization in the country. They all do it. They say it's all right. Yes, yeah, might say it's all right, but when God says See, Amen. God's Word said. Amen. Satan said, it is written. Jesus said, it's also written. Yeah. There it is. See, it's written. We must keep the Word of God. Don't pursue nothing. Just don't take it for granted. Don't venture out when you haven't got authority to. The thing to do is stay there and wait. If it's 10 days, 20 days, 10 years, or whatever it is, until you are dead positive and the Word witnesses by itself right. that it's so. And you're right. That life will straighten up and come right to the Come right to its place. It sure will. And the church, I've often wondered, I'd like to walk into a church. I hope I get to see it before I die. I'm closing. Walk into a church sometime and walk through there and just see. Oh, how sin couldn't even sit in that church. Any member would have to confess it before they even got there. The Holy Spirit would call it right out. Just like, see, just like, see the women sitting there look like ladies. See man like man, really man of integrity. Holy Ghost-filled, man, Spirit-filled. Let this one sin be in the church anywhere. The Holy Spirit call it right out. Yes, like Ananias or 5. Have it right there before you see it. yes, Oh, it's a church I'd like to see. I wish I could see it. I fought across the country's friends. I beat, I battered, I... I've done everything, hollered at people and sometimes condemned their organizations and things. Not the organization. It isn't that. The organization's fine. I ain't got nothing to said. But listen, brother, so many people, see, are depending on that organization. Yeah. See? Right. If you was going down the river towards your falls, and I seen you as in a little boat, and that boat was going to sink, and me fussing at you, it isn't because I don't love you. It's because I do love you. See? You'll bust up on the falls. And if you say, well, our, our, we belong to this, but Brother Branham, I tell you, we, our pastor, he's a good man. I don't doubt that a bit. And the man's honest. He's presuming that he's right. And then he said, well, he says, well, there's no such a thing as divine healing. There's no such a thing as speaking in tongues. There's no such a thing as these things. That's not right. Well, he says that's wrong. His organization teaches that. Well, I'm not against his organization, but that thing will bust up. Right. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them and believe. Amen. See, Amen. don't pursue, be sure. Then you've got it when you are sure. How many would just really like to have that kind of experience? Would like to walk into a church like that? Let us bow our heads just a moment. Our Heavenly Father, in the presence of His holiness, knowing that He is the true and righteous one, how hard it is, Lord, to come to brethren and sisters and speak things that cuts, digs, and tarries. How hard it is to say those things, Father. I I pray you be merciful to me and know that my heart goes for the people and love that I I just love to be with them. And why would I have to say such things? Because, Father, I believe that, that it should be said, that it's it's your word, and it should be did, and Many times it helps our brethren along the road when the congregation gets so arrogant that they, they just walk over the pastor's commandments and things, and then, Lord, you send along sometimes someone else and making the mouth of two or three witnesses and seeing that, that it's really believed and it's really the truth, and different ones quoting it, then the people will stand without an excuse in that day. But Father God... Uh, I know there's no one here that would want to be lost on that day. The very farthest thing from their mind would be to be lost on that day. And, Lord, no matter what we've done, you said except the man be born again, he cannot even see the kingdom of God. Then if we're born again, we're children of God, and the things of the world are dead to us. We do not associate in them no more. They're, they're dead. And I pray to thee, Father, that you will be merciful tonight and grant that every member of the church that's been associated in such things as a little coldness and getting back into the world that quickly they will be like the dove that was turned from the ark to go find land and come back it could find no rest for the soles of its feet upon the dead carcasses and knock at the window until father Noah let it rest inside the ark until the floods had gone down Oh, Lord, may that person return back to God tonight. May the church return in whole. May this be a time of searching in Phoenix. May the churches be stirred to holiness, Lord. And may there be such a moving to see that the great moves that you start up and and the power of God begins to flow among the people and then whirly and indifference and impersonations and and, uh, carnal comparisons and... And warliness creeps into the church Just exactly like it was our text tonight They did run well They come out of Egypt under the circumcision And in the blood of the Lamb And and they were doing fine But when they come up there to another part of your word And then doubted it Right there they stood And they lost the battle And Father we pray that that will never happen To your church in this last day God don't let the battle uh, Let us be defeated Let us lay all the Achens out and the wedges out of the camp and, and you come back to the Word and come back to holiness and come back to righteousness and living for God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Grant it, Lord. Through Jesus Christ, I pray that you will put a hunger in people's heart to see that church like it was back in the old days when they didn't even have as much as a, a fixture in the church didn 't even put an altar in it because pagans would fall before the altar and prostrate themselves before the pagan idols, and they was afraid to put an altar in the church because the people, the simple converts might uh, try to worship the altar instead of the, the living God and they 'd fall on their knees right out in the open and lay their hands right up to the unseen God because they love that after effects of the flowing of the spirit. Set on old coal slabs of of rock and, and on the ground to listen to some godly man explain the gospel and the power of God and then the Holy Spirit fall in the meeting. Oh God. See them going to lion's dens and to the fire pits and. And everything, Father. And in the resurrection, where will we stand? They may not be required today to go to pits and to lion's dens, but God, we are required to live decent and holy and life the pattern of God. To live godly searching and praying and, and waiting and watching at any moment He would come. Not afraid for Him to come, but love His appearing. Grant it, Lord. We'd love to see that great church call together. And this portion at rest and sojourning here in Phoenix... We believe that you've got literally hundreds of the members of your church sojourning here in Phoenix, waiting for that time. Lord, they're not presuming. They're filled with the Spirit. Their lives tally out and show that they are. They're your children. And there are some would love to be that way, Father. They have just maybe presumed and they look back on their lives and see that it just doesn't operate that way. There's something wrong. I pray, Father, that tonight, well, if there's any here, this will be the night that it will be called up. That they'll not be ashamed, but will stand and say, I'm wrong. God, forgive me and help me from this night on to really come to the Word and believe it all. And be filled with the Spirit and sanctified in such a way that my testimony will not be against me in the city. Granted, Father. Now, while we have our heads bowed, our eyes closed and am going to ask you as, as your brethren... As a pilgrim with you, seeking a city whose builder and maker is God, and I wonder, some of you sisters here tonight, some of you brethren, no doubt you're good, sincere. I have not wanted to hurt, but I've wanted to tell you what's the truth, the word of God. And I've been in your city and help revivals. You've seen that that I believe in God. God doesn't answer sinners. We know that. And uh, we, we I believe to be a Christian. And I, and, and your pastors has told you uh, through the city here. And you find out that you're confessing that you've got the Holy Ghost. And you find out that you still tally in the world. Dilly dally out there at the world. You don't want that, do you, sister? You don't want that. You're too nice a person to be that way. You wouldn't miss it for nothing. And now... From tonight on, god if you never heard it before, God will hold you responsible for it. He'll hold you responsible. Brethren, if you're guilty of some of those things that we've been talking about, you, you don't want to be like that, do you, brother? Certainly not. You want to be a real Christian. How can God ever take us into algebra, as I said, when we can't leave the kindergarten? See? We, we might have emotions. We might shout and praise God and dance in the Spirit and uh, all like that. Uh, that, that's all fine, brother, sister. I believe in that too. But I've seen them dance right around a pagan idol the same way. Shouting and screaming and speaking with tongues. You see. So it, it's, it's a life that counts. See, it, uh, By the fruit they are known, And you see that you're, it, it isn't telling you. Would you like to be a real Christian? And I want you with your eyes closed praying, if you will. I want you to be real honest now. This, right now, be real honest. Sin cannot be covered by drinking, by casting it aside, by joining a church, by trying to do better. Sin can only be killed by the power of God, the blood of Jesus Christ. Wouldn't you want a life like that if you would? And you you believe that God is in the building. His never-failing presence is always near, no matter where you are. A vision of the other morning, he told me that. He said, Then don't fear. He said, Stand up boldly, because the never failing presence of Christ is near. Would you want to be that type of Christian like you you really know you should be? You, you're you trying to be, but you just haven't reached that place yet. Now your own life proves it. see Raise up your hand to God to say, God bless you. That's honest, sincere hearts. I really want to be. Now, what if you have. If you know in your life that you're not tallying up to what a Christian is required to do. And then even now in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Satan makes you keep your hand down and won't receive it. Now what about that when you know right here with the scriptures that you're wrong. I say that in love respects. What a horrible thing that is. See that you would know that. I don't say that you are but I say if you would know it. And know that your life, look what you do, and the things you're acting, see your life doesn't compare with the Bible. And you hear the Gospels preached, you read it yourself, and you know it's wrong to do those things, and yet you do it. See, wasn't that a horrible thing? Now, at least 20, 30 hands was up. Was there one left out? Would like Now, don't nobody look. Just let me look. I want to pray. Someone that was left out would put up your hand. I see you in the balcony. Yes, yes, God bless you. There's plenty more. Yes, God be with you. That's really sincere. Why don't we settle it tonight? Just why not we just say tonight let, let's settle it. Now coming among you out here at Phoenix in this lovely place, appreciating you so much, letters you write and encouragement and things that you try to encourage me on and you pray for me. That's the reason I've got to, I want to be sincere with you. See then Christ is going to make me answer for this. And then if I don't tell you all the truth then see I'm going to have to answer, and that's the reason I want you to. I want you to be there, brothers. Just don't take a chance. If there's the slightest chance, don't take it. Don't just play with it. Don't let, let's really be real, real Christians. Let's, you can be. Others are. You can be too. You know a certain lady that you'd like to be like. A certain man you'd like to be like. A certain minister you'd like to be like. A certain person you want to be that way. You can be. Now, let's just believe with all of our heart. And now, while we have our head bowed, and I'm going to ask our sister at the piano there, if she will, just to give us a little chord of a song, sister, if you will. And I wonder, you that really would like to... uh, If you're really sincere, it'll happen right now. If you're really sincere. But you have to be sincere. I've got a testimony. I've been, since my mother went away... (coughs) I've been out in the wilderness laying in a cave fasting and praying a vision came to me and that was one of the things the sincerity now are you really mean that that you want to be a Christian like that you want to just let all the world go and everything taken off of you if you really mean that you're not ashamed of anybody in this church you're not ashamed for anybody to see or stand no sir you're not you, you you've held your hand to God. You're not ashamed of anything. You're coming. The only thing you're ashamed of is your life. See? And you want, you want it to be straightened. You want, you've always wanted to overcome so you would uh, do the thing that was right. If you're that sincere, I want you to raise up and come here. Stand here to altar like it's coming to be prayed for if you were sick. I want to pray for you and lay hands on you. If you want to come up here now for that, you just move right out. And I'm sure that the Heavenly Father will just come quietly and stand right around the altar. Uh, come for consecration. Quiet as you can. I'm consecrating my life from this night on, Brother Branham. I ain't going to pursue nothing. I'm coming right now. I'm coming right now. I'm, I'm through with it. I'm, I'm promising God. I'm, no matter what comes or goes, I'm, I'm through with sin right now. I'm, I want to be a real Christian. I'm coming to consecrate my life. That makes me feel so good to see you do that. I just, a, just a moment or two longer now. <clears throat> Is there someone else who'd like to just stand and say, I, tonight I'm consecrating my life. I, God, I'm, I'm tired of this. I've always wanted to be a real, real Christian. It's burned in my heart ever since I was a little boy or I was a little girl. I, I want the very, uh, I can't take a chance like this knowing I've got to die. Won't you come and stand around the altar a minute for consecration? Uh, consecration needs to be consecrated to something, to consecrated to Christ. Will you come and stand around the altar for this, this a minute, Christians? That doesn't have this experience. Don't take a chance on it now. See. <clears throat> How's a tree known? By the fruit it bears. Now we're just coming as solemnly as we know how to come. A little later on in one of the meetings along in the churches, you'll know why I'm doing this. I haven't time to say it tonight and go into it. But I, you'll understand why I'm doing this. I believe God's giving His church this call. It's about the last one we're going to have. It's, something's going to happen, and I don't know when it, it might happen to you before morning. It may happen to me before morning. But, brother, sister, can we afford to take any chance on any one little thing? You just no matter what it is. Guilty the least is guilty the whole. You must be clean, washed in the blood of the Lamb. The least sin will keep you right away. Yeah. If angels look dirty before Him, what would we? Now. Um, I'm just waiting just a moment or two longer because there might be some other soul. Uh, Again, one move now and then coming up. I want you to come in dead earnest now. I no doubt at all, but what many of you stand here at the altar has had experiences of uh, different things. Maybe you have shouted cried, spoke in tongues, danced in the Spirit, you brothers and sisters, no doubt but what you have in them, them, things are fine, very fine. But did you know when the, Hebrews, the sixth chapter, the rain cometh on earth off to prepare it, dress it for its part. But thorns and thistles is nigh reject rejecting, whose end is to be burned. How did they know the difference? The same Spirit, the same life, the same water that fell upon the wheat fell upon the thorns too. And the thorns and the briars and the, and the weeds were just as happy and refreshed with the same rain. And people can sit in the church, friends, and receive the same kind of experiences. Now, don't be deceived in this, friend. You can receive the same experience by the same Holy Spirit that someone sitting by you received and still not be that. The sun shines on the just and the unjust. The rain falls on the thorns and on the wheat. It's sent for the wheat. The Holy Spirit sent in the church for the consecrated saints. But those sitting there enjoy it, sure. But by their fruits, she's there no one. Shall we pluck them up, said them? No, let them grow together. And at that day, the angels will go forth and gather all the briars and creepers and will burn them. But the wheat will be gathered to the garner. By their fruits you shall know them. That's why you're standing here tonight, is for fruit, fruit of the spirit. Now remember, why is it? You say, brother Branham. Maybe some of you women standing here, I know she have short hair. Why is it, brother Branham? I'm a Christian and I, I still just look like I just can't do that. I can't let my hair grow yet. I know the Bible teaches that. That's right. The New Testament teaches that. That's the thing to do. I just uh, can't do it. Looks like I just can't overcome it. See, you can't get to that place. See, I believe you're a good person. I believe you're sincere. You wouldn't be standing here as an example tonight. You're doing that. And that's what you must do. It's a scripture. You must do that. See, some of you, brethren, God only knows your heart, what you're standing here for. But things that you want to overcome, you you can do it if you'll just accept it this way. And say, Lord, I'm nothing now. And I'm just yielding myself to you. And here I come. With your grace, I'm going to do it. Uh, you, you can't do it without Him. There's nothing in the world you can do. You have to let Him do it. You just consecrate yourself to Him and believe it with all your heart. Then He'll do it. He will do it for you. See, if you'll just take Him at His word. He wouldn't do one that way and wouldn't do the other in that way. He'll do all of you that way. See, He'll make you every the right thing. I want all you people that are Christians and living above these things. I want you to pray. I want you to pray with me. Especially the minister brothers, to pray with me. I want each one of you now down deep in your heart. See, you know that the rain has fell on you. And you say, Brother Branham, I danced in the spirit, I spoke with tongues. That's truly. But look at see, there's something right there. See? See, you've got to get from this weed now to a wheat. Humble, sweet, with the word, obedience. See Obedient to the Word. I just let the Holy Spirit come in and let God change you tonight from what you was to what He wants you to be as we pray. Our Heavenly Father, I realize that around this altar, which the church is an altar, the place where people come and place themselves upon it to be received as a burnt offering unto the Lord. Now I know, Father, tonight some of these people standing here and their, their associates are in the churches here and they stand here at this altar for consecration and that's, that's a big thing for them to do because they're witnessing to the people as they stand here and before you, that, that there's something lacking in their lives. And it's hard as I had to cut the poor little sisters tonight, Father, on their, their ABCs. Uh, and here they get right up from their seat, walk right up like a lady. Stand there and say, then God, if I'm wrong, mold me and make me. Here's brethren standing here likewise. Yet they raise right up out of their seat and come right on. Down in their heart there is a desire. And Father, Satan wouldn't put a desire in their heart to do right. He would put a desire in their heart to do wrong. Continue on. Don't go up. Let it alone. Don't believe it. That's what he would say. Then how do we judge it? By the Word. Like I said, St. Martin, Paul, all the early bishops of the church and elders they judged the cases by the word and now tonight they are judged by the word and when they are judged they are chastened that they should not be condemned with the world so they have come now Lord to consecrate themselves to be set aside from the world that they don't want nothing to do with the world They want to be so completely surrendered to you, to their whole being. Reflects Christ. That when they walk, talk, dress, act, it's Christ's reflection constantly in their lives. And Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll grant that to them. Now, knowing that the time is so close, the coming of the Lord, And to see this great uh, move through Phoenix just now among the people. And to see the times that we've come through in healing services. And see how their faith was given to me to to help deliver the people from their sicknesses and afflictions. See your spirit move among us, Lord, in the vindication that you were there. Both physically and scientifically. Then tonight, this call, I give them to you, Lord, in my prayer. Every minister in here, Lord, every Christian that's walking in the commandments of God, they pray with me, Lord, and we give our prayers to you now in behalf of these people. May each one of them be consecrated from this night on, Lord. May the power of Jesus Christ just humbly right now just tear into their hearts in such a way that it'll just mold them and and just make them different from the night on. May a sweet, humble, broken-up spirit come into them, Lord. And penance of what has been done wrong. And may the, a great determination of, the, of God's uh, grace come upon them to continue their lives in a sanctified way for You, Lord. Receive them, Father. We give them to You. Now, as they consecrate their lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, with your heads bowed as you've been praying I trust and you can't say one word to God unless he knows it the weakest of saints makes the devil tremble and you're his children and have you fully with all your hearts each one of you fully laid your life before God and said God mold me, make me the kind of Christian that's been talked about here tonight that I, I have given my life to you, just take all the things out of my life. that's wrong, Father. And may, tonight on, I'm going to, I'm, by Your grace, I, I'll live every day for You, watching for my life to pattern right up with that of the Bible requirements. If you've did that in your heart, would you just raise up your hands before God, say, I have did this, and I believe it with all my heart. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. God bless you. Now, Father, they're yours. They've raised their hands. They've made their consecration. And no matter how little the gift is, you're here to receive the smallest of gifts. And they give their self to you just the way they were. They want to be a member of that great body without, without a blemish, without a wrinkle. And they're now consecrated to you, Father. I pray that you'll keep them from the things of the world as long as they live. Through Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Now go to your seats rejoicing and being happy that Christ takes you at your word. Uh, I do believe while they're going down, there's a lady sitting here in a wheelchair and a man, I believe, and they're talking uh, through their hands, uh, no doubt, but what they're here to be prayed for. Will you all bow your heads and let me go down and pray for them? Now, brother, that you can speak to them there in the wheelchair and and what they are. Now, just say to them this. The Lord Jesus Christ so loves you that he's willing now to heal you. If there was anything that I could do otherwise than pray. I would do it. But He has answered my prayer so many times for people like you who are suffering and has healed them. My heart has gone out to you since I've been standing here. As I look at the lady... I think of my mother that just went to meet God a few days ago. She perhaps is somebody's mother. I'll pray for her. I want you to believe, sister and brother, that God will hear our prayer. And He'll answer. And from this very hour, I want you to believe that the work is done. Now, to the rest of the audience, I hear it was anybody else come to be prayed for some sick people or something. Someone to be pray- lady here, somebody over there. All right. You come right around the altar here. I'll just be glad to do that.
1: <laughs>
0: now, how many can remember here a long time ago? About 14 years ago, down at uh, Brother Outlaw's Church. Anybody remember Brother Outlaw's Church? I was down there about 14 years ago. Brother Garcia and those down in there. Remember how I bring the people up uh, across the world, time after time, discerning spirit. I take you to word and order tonight. Did you ever see one time it failed? Never. Never. Of the thousands of times that every time was perfectly, exactly right. Is that right? Now, all that knows is that that's true. Raise up your hands, be in the meetings and hear it. What did he say? What he says comes to pass, then hear it. Now, visions does not heal people, visions only vindicates the presence of God. See, now I think that we really know that now. But the way I did then was just pray. There was a lady here that used to be out somewhere here in Phoenix. Uh, Her name was Sister Hattie Waldorf, I believe it was. I believe it was. uh, Yes. She had cancer. Her husband was a plumber. And uh, they're usually in the meetings. I don't know where she's here at night or not. I remember that she was in the meeting and and they said she died and she looked like it in the line. I remember uh, the cancer in the heart and the doctor here sent the x-rays and show forth the show that's been about 14 years ago she's living now i remember calling to pray for a little crippled red-headed boy the lord healed him, made him well so many things just so many uh, it's just innumerable i i say this with with christian sincerity I suppose if I could write down every instant that taken place that I have seen Christ do since I've been a minister, I couldn't pile a volume of books that high. I have uh, witnessed of doctor's statements of five people being pronounced dead, laid out dead, and come back to life again. Well, perhaps. Many that they claim that did, and I, I couldn't say that. I wouldn't say it unless there's some way to prove it, You see, and to know it. But seeing him, after being dead for... Hours, day. Well, the little Mexican baby down here in Mexico City had been dead for what died that morning at 9 o'clock. It was 10 something that night. The doctor signed the statement. The baby died with pneumonia and been dead all that time. Stand out in the rain, that poor little Mexican mother. I never did one thing but just put my hands on the baby. I saw a vision, laid my hands on the baby and started kicking and squealing. And the Christian businessman packed the article of it not long ago or something about it in the businessman's voice about raising up the dead. Now it can be done. But well, what if I tell you what, let me say to the members of this church here, and I'll say it to any members church, you consecrate this church to God and all of its members. See? Consecrate it to God. Every one of you with a holy life before God. Watch what'll take place. When that church binds itself and starts praying, see, the prayers of those people begin to go up before God, He will not turn it down. That's right. Now, I'm just one, which you will be many of you here praying. And divine healing doesn't lay with any certain person. It's sincere hearts that pray to God and sincere people who receive it. I realize there's gifts if sent to the church that have faith, And I I realize that my ministry crossing the nations and and just taking, just bringing a few people up and showing visions and combing it down. Those who pass through prayer lines of other men and so forth, they come in and have to stop. Maybe there's something back in that person's life. And many of you here have seen it right on the platform. Sin called secrets of their hearts and things and told out the reason they couldn't be healed. But through that... But just get in that few, calls, just a few, and then my strength's gone, see? And then uh, you understand that. It's scriptural, and how it is. Then there's been a, many a mother with a little baby out there I didn't even get to pray for, see? <laughs> many a sick person I didn't get to pray for. I think it's known well enough now that everybody ought to know that I've told you the truth, see? Yeah. That it's the truth. Yeah. And I just go to pray for the sick people and ask God to heal them. And I believe that everyone that we pray for will get well. <laughs> now, if there's anything in your lives, people, that's right. standing here, let me ask you this. If you're not a Christian, you become a Christian. You give your heart to Christ standing right where you are. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, don't see, cease praying until God has filled you with the Holy Spirit. If you're doing anything wrong in a Christian, stop doing it. Stop doing it. Check your life up. Live for Christ. Now I'm going to pray and ask God. Now, one morning at some breakfast or either some night, I want to tell you something happened just just, i left the field and waited went back to pray and fast to see what it was and something I've always longed it, it happened so I it's nothing I fantastics so I don't go for that stuff I want it's got to be thus saith the Lord with the word see We've got we have too much right, of this sure year touch feel and everything like that now Amen. superstitions and so forth let's get away from that stuff let's come right back to God Amen. we want the Holy Spirit the I believe that God sends people to pray for sick and uh, I'm one of the humbles. I'm one of the little ones that he sent. And I, I want to give my prayer for you tonight to be healed. You believe. And I want these brothers here and sisters all over the building to join with me in prayer. And just let, I believe we start right along here. Let somebody walk right up to the pulpit and then let them walk off or back the way it is. That'll be fine. Somebody, Billy, some of you help me. Just bring us oh, yeah. Yeah, right here, this lady right here. You don't have to start with any certain oh, yeah. one. Just. Yes, yeah. I can't. I'm afraid to let him. If they could let him come down, can he come down that way, brother? All right. Now we just. Now we're just a little late, but you all bear me record just a minute to pray. I know a sister here. I, I believe she's a member of Brother Outlaw's church. How's he getting along? Fine. And uh, been sick. Uh, I can't call your name, but Bagby, Sister Bagby. I ought to know you. You've been nice to me, Sister Bagby. And, wasn't that, wasn't you the one that Brother Outlaw taken me to to pray for in the hospital when I first come here years ago? Yes. Was it something like, a, what'd you have, diabetes or uh, heart? TB the
1: TP of the throat.
0: TB of the throat. And he's still living for the glory of God. Well, that's so funny. <laughs> How he's still the same God tonight, yes. just the same as he was. Oh. We may have changed, but he hasn't. Now, whatever your trouble is, you'll take it away. If you believe it, will you believe it? I ask the church to pray with me. Heavenly Father, as I lay my hands upon this sister, in the name of Jesus Christ, may God heal. I pronounce this blessing for the glory of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I to you. you believe that God will make you well if we pray for you and you get well. And if you are a Christian, we'll give all the thanks and praise to you. But when we pray for you, now you're going home to be well. That settles it forever. It's no more. Our Heavenly Father, God, along with this church, that's many of them have just rededicated their lives. Father, I pray that you'll heal our sister in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, not only my prayers, but just look everywhere. In deep sincerity, we're not really mean this from our heart. We're going to be here. Right. You will believe the same thing, won't you? Our Heavenly Father, with humbleness of spirit and God, forgive our untrue hearts. Make us pure, Lord, as we lay hands on the sick people, because it's it's pronouncing something that was asked to be done by God. And this help these poor people, Father. I lay hands upon Sister in Jesus' name and ask for His. God bless you, Sister. Would you just a moment? The lady sincerely confesses. She said she has a spirit on her of high temper, and uh, we realize that that's not. That's not nice, but, sister, not only you, but there's plenty of it, Jesus. But maybe some might not be as honest to confess it, but he that will confess his sins, he that will hide his sins will not prosper. But he that will confess his sins shall have mercy. You know that. So I pray, Heavenly Father, by laying hands on, sister, that this fever will leave her. May it never bother her again. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Bless you, sister. Amen. My brother, you believe he's going to... Go to Grant the Request. Oh. God bless you, brother. Maybe that sea being nervous might cause the heart to fly. up. Our Heavenly Father, realizing that we never know what time our heart's going to stop. Might any minute. And brother has heart trouble and with the temper that caused him to fly into tantrums. Oh, that devil would like to take him to a premature grave. But I, as your servant, along with all these other servants tonight, we ask that in the name of Jesus Christ that the temper will leave him and the heart will be well and will be true to Christ all the days of his life. And be well to serve him. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, brother. I believe it's all over Praise the Lord. How do you do it? You believe it? He will grant your request. Our Heavenly Father, we bring our brother to you under the name of the Lord Jesus. Bring him as it was under the cross and pointing him up. Look at those wounds there. Watch that blood as it drips out of his side and across his face. The Son of God dying that we might be cleansed from all of our sins and sickness. Granted it to our brother. Through Jesus' name I offer this prayer. Amen. Amen. I believe it's over, don't you, brother? Let's go. How do you do, brother? You believe now this is going to be the night? It's all going to be over from tonight. You're going to be well. Our Heavenly Father as holding a hand of our brother, from this night henceforth, may his request be granted. He be well and live for you all the days of his life. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I believe it's going to be yours. It's going to be How do you do, brother? This is the hour that's all over. Make your decision now. Our Heavenly Father, as brother said, Amen. This is the time the decision is made right here in the presence of Christ. May it be finished from this night on. In the name of Jesus Christ, may we he be you. Thank the Lord. Bless you, my Lord. Leave it's over. Amen. How do you do, sister? Oh, may I have your handkerchief to go? That's all right. That's all right. Something, another little token. I might say the soil, but I imagine that the garments that they wore in the old days. What about Jesus? He had one garment. He probably had to sleep in it, live in it. But look what it wrapped up. Amen. Amen. Our heavenly Father, her precious husband is laying crippled. And here's his companion standing here tonight with a little cloth in her hand. And he's crippled. I pray, Father, that you'll be merciful. And at the prayer of this church that's gathered together here, these that are sojourning in Phoenix and the different parts of the countries that's represented here tonight, our prayers will be heard. And when this cloth is put up on the man, may the power of God... Bring you back to normal life again. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, it has been asked. Now, let it be done. Do. How do you do, sister?
1: Well,
0: uh, uh, just your handkerchief. Used. You're, now, you're perhaps very sick. Do you want to? Tell you, your trouble or just a
1: arthritis. arthritis? Arthritis. That's
0: 20 something years.
1: There's a man sitting
0: right behind me by the name of Brother Ed Hooper. He was so bad with it that over here in Phoenix one time they had to keep his hands on pillows, wasn't it, Brother Ed? And, and he was dying almost with it that afternoon, or I understand the story. And he told his wife he thought he was going down and, and he looked and he seen Christ on the cross or something, pitched forward or something, and he was so healed till he could. There he sits right here. Now. Yes, brother Hooper, she just wants to see that. Raise your hands, raise. Let us pray. Our heavenly Father, the man present lets us know that you're the healer. We lay hands upon Sister. In this little consecrated, humble prayer, we offer for her healing power. In the name of the Lord Jesus, for His glory, Amen. Praise the Lord. I All believing, be over. You must be used to help with her. That? That's right. God bless you. Huh? How do you do, Sister? I have our sister suffers since her husband died three years ago with diabetes and arthritis she believes that god will heal her we believe the same thing heavenly father with hands laid up on her now may she return back to the church with many of others just thanking god that it's all over and gone we ask this to be so, Father, in our humble prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, my sister. You believe now. How do you do, sister? You believe it? Tonight will be the end of it. And you can accept him now as your healer. Oh, precious God. a prayer of faith shall save the sick and God shall raise them up. We thank of our Lord, how he journeyed here on earth and ministered to the sick and the many things he did. I pray for our sister in the name of Jesus Christ, in the commission that was granted to us as ministers, we offer this prayer for her healing. Amen. 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 Just believe it's all done. now. All the faith you have put right with it will come to pass. How do you do, brother? Uh, on the basis of his word, can be finished right here. Heavenly Father, Grant this request of our brother in the name of Jesus Christ may he be healed. Bless you. How do you do, sister? Are you prepared now and ready to receive his healing? And as we ask to see that nothing in the way that we keep him from pouring out his spirit. Our heavenly Father, as I lay hands upon our sister, seeing you heal the people. I pray and believe with all my heart that you will grant her request. In Jesus Christ's name. Praise amen. the Lord. God Very bless you, God. sister. You know, I just want to say this while they're coming up. I never could understand why. I, just before even I become Pentecostal, I used to go and pray for the people. They, they just get well. I don't know. There's nothing I would have to do about it. It's just, it's just believing Him and I just offer prayer. And the first thing you know, look, people will be well. That's the way anyone does. We just yeah. offer prayer and believe it. They just get well. That's all, see. How many has been healed by divine healing? Yeah. All you see, you, you can tell your are amongst Pentecostals and full gospel people. And hands. they believe that. Yeah. See. Don't you see why the Lord is zealous of you? Not to try to hurt you. But to try to, you know, bring us into that place without a spot or a wrinkle. I hope you don't get angry with me for bringing words of that Amen. out of the Bible. I, I do it in tolerance Amen. of good faith towards God. Amen. This is the hour for it to happen to you, isn't it, sister? Now, it's got to happen, see? Because He promised it. He our Heavenly Father, bless our sister Amen. as I lay my hands up on her. And by faith, every Christian in here puts her Praise hands up the Lord. This church praying, we ask for the sickness and affliction to leave her, in Jesus Amen. name, Amen. That's Lord, that's what He's promised us. How do you do, sister? You believe tonight is the night, Lord. Our heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, let this be the finishing touch, this hour that she'll be made well in Jesus name, Amen. Bless you, my sister. Let it be over from tonight. How do you do, sister? This is the hour for your healing? All right, sir. Our Heavenly Father, I bring our sister before you in the name of the Lord Jesus and offer this prayer in her behalf that she'll be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, see, it isn't only my prayer. Everybody in here is praying, see, all at one time. And we are aware that God's presence. And we know that he, he has to be, see. And he promised. You're believe Him. How do you do, sister? This is the hour for it isn't it? Our Heavenly Father, let it be settled for her from tonight on. May she leave this church tonight happy, rejoicing, knowing that it's finished. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Hallelujah. How do you do, sister? This is the night for your healing, isn't it? This is the time right now before the Bible and the church in Christ. Heavenly Father, among the ministers, among the laymen, laymen all the saints of God, the angels, and the Holy Spirit, in the commission of Jesus Christ, that these signs shall follow them that believe. If they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. So we claim it finished for our sister tonight her healing. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, my sister. We will do the same thing for you, brother. You will believe it. Our Heavenly Father, He said... He believes, so it must be done, Father. That's what you said. These signs shall follow them that believe, and he believes. So we thank you for his healing, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. That's good. You know how to accept it and believe How do you do, brother? This is going to be the night of the healing. Just leave it lay here and walk away from it. Our Heavenly Father, we bring our brother to you in Jesus' name for his healing. He's going to leave it right here, Lord, and the enemy will have to leave him. He'll be made free again in Jesus' name. Amen. So it. How do you do? You believe Jesus is going to heal you here tonight? Our Heavenly Father, as this child comes to receive her healing, Amen. We the church offer our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ for her healing. Amen. Praise God. Amen. It's all over. It's all gonna be over from tonight on. Our heavenly Father. The people are believing. They believe they would be walking across the platform here. They're sick. They know what to do. They're trained. They know that this is the hour that they make their final decision, and they come for that. Confirmation. Thank you,
1: Lord. Thank
0: These signs Lord. shall follow them that believe. You, now lay hands upon her in Jesus' name. So shall she Praise be. You, Amen. 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 Thank you. Brother Brandon, had been for you 15 years ago, I would have been dead. Is that that's true? At Brother Reed's service, at Jonesboro, Arkansas. Jonesboro, Arkansas. Yes, my I mean. many years ago. What was your trouble, sister? Well, I had a garter. If you're, I don't know if you remember or not, but oh. I had a garter. Had some and just out like this, and it affected my heart. And uh, that morning, the joy of my people, Jehovah Witness, that morning I said, he's just the prophet of the devil. But I went out to my garden. God spoke to me. He said, Catherine, if you go to Brother Bram tonight, you'll be healed. Amen. And I went back in the house, and I told them all. I said, if I go tonight, God spoke to me, I'll be healed. And it was it with this gold please her? And they went with me and the majority of my people there are pentecostal praise, praise, the, lord. praise the, lord. the lord could you hear the testimony I wait I, just a minute sister i'll repeat it at jonesboro arkansas it's been some about fourteen, fifteen years ago she had a big garter hung out on her neck and she was a jehovah witness and that morning when she'd heard about our service up there for the lord she said i was a prophet of the devil and um, she went out in the garden to pray and the Lord spoke to her and said, Go up there and she'd be healed. And the Lord healed her, she has no garter, and her people, which were Jehovah's Witness, most all of them are Pentecostal tonight. You know? <laughs> now if he could make that nice Christian woman's neck smooth like that, he can heal you, can't he? Just be sure it can. Our Heavenly Father, with hands laid up on our brother. We ask for his healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. He's just the same for you as he would be for her. Is that right? Our Heavenly Father, a simple little prayer with simple faith. Oh, I'm so glad, Lord, you make it simple so that that I can understand it, just accept you. And Father, I pray that you'll heal him and make him well in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How do you do, Sister?
1: I did an operation for tuberculosis, and oh, six of my ribs were taken out, and it hasn't healed right, and, and it uh, gives me so much trouble. I can't use my arm
0: yes, too good, you know. And I see where you breathe, too. I guess that's yes, such an awful thing.
1: I can't breathe good. My lungs collapse, you know, oh, on boy. the
0: side. That's suffering, same Yes, her, yes, my,
1: and it put pressure on my heart.
0: There's no reason for her to suffer any longer, is there? Amen. Amen. See, the doctors have perhaps operated and they've taken the ribs out of her lung and probably give her anemothoric treatment and collapsed the lung. And, and the lady's suffering and you come believing that Christ will heal you and you want to spend all your life for Him in service to do for Him. then. Christians, I think we have a right to bring this lady before Christ and he'll heal her. Let us pray, all of us. Our Heavenly Father, our sister comes in humble adoration tonight, knowing that her doctor has done all that he could do, he tried hard, but still it won't heal up. But Thou art the healer.
1: Let, Let her
0: be healed, Father. We commit her to you, that you will heal her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, sister. Be healed now. I believe it will heal up and you'll be all right. Amen. How do you do, sister? Do you believe it he'll heal you tonight? I don't
1: know it is, but he knows. All right.
0: He'll do it. Or if you just believe him. You will? Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, the lady comes believing. She said she don't even know what's wrong with her, but... He knows. Whatever it is, Lord, she wants to get rid of it. We She knows it's of the enemy. I pray that you'll grant her request in the name of Jesus Christ. God. Bless you, sister. You go believing with all your heart. How do you do, sister? You believe it tonight will be the settling time. I was thinking the lady from Arkansas just testifying. I remember along the line, i never forget it. The lady holding a handkerchief. I thought she was weeping. And when she tuck it down, actually, she had no nose. Cancer had eaten her nose off. And uh, her son was an exterminator over Texarkana. And I, I prayed for her. And the very next meeting, a lovely woman standing there looking. She looked very young and looking at me. She said, don't you remember me? And I said, I don't believe I do. And the boy started kind of weeping and looking. It was that lady she had a new nose that grew back on her face. I know that sounds unreasonable, and I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say something it wasn't right. So there, I, we shouldn't do that. We should be dead earnest when we say these things. But I looked at the lady who are standing there with no nose, and then a few weeks after I met her again, she had a nose. And uh, it, it just, she said, "The cancer, just quit eating, and... After a while, it just started like something growing back and there. She had a nose again. It was so, it was so wonderful to see how he could do it. A he that can do that could heal you, couldn't, sister. It's not the question of his power to do it, his willingness. And I would like to say this to you, sister, as a model, that both of us has to stand like this in his presence someday. He's already did it. He could just get you to believe it. And uh, there's a little act like to be a Christian, to be baptized and so forth like that. You believe it when I pray for you. And you'll get well, sister. Now, all the church pray with me when we pray. Our Heavenly Father, this young lady standing here and in the presence of God, I lay my hands up on her and ask for her healing. In the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, sister. Let it be done from now on.
1: Thank you my mother who has cataracts. Yes. Oh, I She's 95.
0: 95. This is a sweet thing, coming for her 95 year old mother with cataracts. Our Heavenly Father, as she stands proxy, she said for her mother, well stricken in age with cataracts, we pray for her mother. Oh God, this church offers our prayer for her mother's healing. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Praise the Lord. Don't doubt, sister dear. Is it going to be fit Can you believe it? He'll be finished tonight. Our heavenly Father, with hands laid up on her, for a finished work to be completed, may it be so in her now. In Jesus' name, I ask it. Yes. Amen. Amen. Bless you, sister. Amen. My brother, are you believing now with all your heart? Amen. Father God, we bring this young man to you here. Lay hands upon him in the name of the Lord Jesus. May the finished work Praise. of Christ at Calvary be completed in him Amen. Amen. by healing him. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Bless you, brother. Be it over tonight. Amen. <clears throat> How do you do, sister? We go believe it's going to be finished tonight. God's I going to too. complete it right here. Our Heavenly Father, just it has been written, now it will be spoken, then it must be done. Let it be so in our sister's body. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask it Amen. 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 We believe it now with all of our heart. It should be all right. Amen. Broken neck? No,
1: it's bad throat. Bad oh, Pain all time. My misery.
0: Well, sister, now each one of us here, Christians, all of us, we just imagine how we'd feel with that on us. Now, what if it's just vice versa, the lady was praying for me? Or what if she was praying for you? Now, how she's in misery all the time. Now, how you'd want someone to be real honest, sincere, and dead earnest about this? If it was me, I would. And I'll do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. I, every one of you just hold this faith in like a real church, say, as we are, say, Father God, take the misery from our sister. Tonight. Our Heavenly Father, may she come back bringing this a piece Amen. that's around her neck, Amen. knowing she don't have to wear it no more, Amen. that has been finished by Jesus Christ, as the church prays and asks this blessing. Answer these Christians, Lord. They've consecrated their lives to you. In Jesus' name, may that she be healed. Amen. Amen. Just let it be over. Stop. more hurt. No more. You'll be all right, brothers. Can it be finished now. Settle it forever. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, grant the healing of our brother. We ask this for the glory of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, my brother. Be finished from now on. Lord, this little woman that stands here tonight,
1: let the work of the
0: Lord Jesus be performed in her body. For by his stripes we were healed. Amen. We ask for this blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's finish now. Amen. How do you do? You believe Jesus is going to make you well tonight?
1: <laughs>
0: Asthma, Jesus. that's a mean old thing, isn't it? <laughs> brother William is your brother Christian business, man. He Yes, he was. Yeah, he had a. males just give him up with asthma. Said he'd never gain any more weight or anything. He come by up there, been about near a year ago, I believe. Up the Tabernacle one night, and went out prayed for him. The Lord made him well. I guess he's gained. He said he, said he couldn't gain any no more weight. Would never be able to gain any no more weight. And he's gained 30... 32 pounds. about 10, 11 years ago, my youngest daughter was instantly healed in the service, was an asthmatic, we nearly lost her children in pneumonia 14 times. You hear that, honey? God is la- is she here now? she's right there, the
1: third one from the end, the little of lady yeah. here with, oh yes, We've I see this. Testified oh yes. from coast to coast.
0: About is, uh, do you hear that? Now, look, Jesus healed that when she was probably smaller than you. Yeah, she was little, And she had pneumonia and everything just taking it so bad. And look, Jesus loves.
1: Amen.
0: He loves you. And he look how, how nice she looks. See him well. Uh, you can be that way too. Let's pray. Now. pray Heavenly Father, laying our hands up on the little girl, we ask that the asthma leave her and she'll be made well through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Uh, you go and you're going to get over it and be well and testify like that lady did for her. Amen. How do you do, sister? You believe the Lord Jesus will heal you? Our Heavenly Father, we pray that you will heal this little girl also. May her testimony be like the sister just said. From coast to coast, may she praise God for the goodness that He showed. Amen. Bless you, sister. How do you do, sister? This is the time for your healing now. Our Heavenly Father, as the lady comes sincerely, believing that this will be the hour of her deliverance, may it be so, Father, as we ask in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Bless you, sister. Let it be over from now on. No more thinking of it. You do, sister. I know that sounds rude to say no more thinking of it, but I I don't mean it in that way. I mean it. that just it's a finished work. It's already done. Right. You believe it, he'll make it all well. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you will heal our sister and make her well.
1: We lay hands on
0: her in Jesus' name, asking for her healing. Amen. Just let it be finished in your mind, settled. We'll be all right. How do you do, son? I got a
1: pill in my stomach.
0: Your stomach. You believe Jesus will make you well, son. It's your son. You believe it, he will do it, sister. I know. It sounds... Well, you know the testimony. What we the Lord has did in his church in the last days, far beyond what our little brother has this time. He's God who can create. He can work. Like, look, if a stalk of wheat's coming up and it, a clod falls on it and, and it defects that wheat and makes it turn... Uh, the other way then the wheat is not growing right but remove that cause yeah. then the wheat will grow right yeah. Yeah. well Satan did something evil here but if uh, the prayer of faith can cast him away then it will grow right Amen. So Amen. That oh, yeah. now let us pray for this precious boy here Heavenly Father simple yet powerful let the power of God heal our little brother. May there be such a change in this boy that the mother will be so elated over the next few hours. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, my brother. Believe in you.
1: Mighty sweet boy.
0: God bless you. Amen. <laughs>
1: Mm. High blood pressure.
0: Heavenly Father, our brother confesses of the high blood pressure. I pray that you are healing, Lord. May it leave him tonight. May when he gets his next checkup or whatever it is, the doctors say, "Why, well, it's you're back normal." Down in his heart, he'll be thankful, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Praise Amen. Lord. Amen. Amen. My father is very you Pray without a hand. I'll gladly do it, my brother. Heavenly Father, his, his father of earth here is ill. He's got a handkerchief here yes. that wants to lay it up on his God daddy. Oh, you, God, I pray that you'll honor God. the faith of his son yes. Yes. and will heal his father. Yes. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. God. God bless you, my brother. I thank you,
1: God. May
0: God grant every bit, and I believe he will. Thank you. Sister, it's going to be over now on. From right now on, it's going to leave. Our Heavenly Father, as we, your church, pray for our sisters and her condition, may the power of God heal her and make her well. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Bless you now, sister. Ask and it shall be given. How do you do, sister? Is he going to make you well from tonight? Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you will heal our sister, making her well. She comes and says she believes that it will be so. So be it then, Father. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, sister. How do you do, sister? This is the hour of deliverance for you. Our Heavenly Father, these humble people walk across the platform, believing that you will heal their sickness have heard so much said, and faith cometh by hearing. Yes. Hearing testimonies which we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and our testimony. Oh. I pray that you will heal our sister and oh. make her well, through Jesus' name. Oh. Amen. Amen. God bless you, sister. Oh. Leave it like right like. there. Brother dear, and Amen. this is going to be the hour. It's going to be over. Is that Praise right?
1: God.
0: Our Heavenly Father. I bring him to you with this church, their prayers of all these faithful ministers and deacons and elders and lay members, all the Holy Spirit in our midst bearing record of his word. They shall lay hands on the sick. They will recover. You promised it, Father. Now heal his eyes and make him well. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you, my brethren. Let it be over from right now on. How do you do, sister? You believe it? will be over from now on. Yes. Our heavenly Father, may it be over for our sister from this yes. night on. May she be healed for the Amen. glory of God. Amen. 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 Bless you, sister. Believe now with all your heart. It over. How do you do, the baby?
1: Oh.
0: oh my, that's too bad. You're a mighty pretty little girl. Jesus gonna make you well now. I heavenly Father, with my hands up on this little child, feeling down in my heart, what if it was Sarah, my daughter? It's someone's daughter, and I pray, Father, that you will heal the little girl from this allergy and may these attacks leave her. May she be well in Jesus' name. Are you going to get over it, honey? You believe that? Son. How do you do, brother? We're going to make it over from tonight. Is that Amen. right? Father God, I pray that in Jesus' name that you'll heal our brother. Make him well. May it be finished right now in his life, everything finished, that he'll have faith, undoubting faith in his heart. You'll be well in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, God.
1: I'd like to that for my mother. She's 83 years old. She's probably in heart trouble.
0: Why, bless your God. heart. Heavenly Father, His mother, eighty-three years old, and suffering with heart and asthma, grant, Lord, that when this little token is laid up on her, may she get well. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you, brother, and your mother. That it be over from right now on, sister. Just that that be the past. This is the future coming on here. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, heal this our sister. We ask it in Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Gone. Amen. How do you do, brother? Go to be over from now on. Our heavenly Father, I pray for our brother, that you will heal his body and make him well. May it be over from this hour on, in Jesus Christ's name, Amen. Bless you. I've been prayed over. Well I'd gladly do that, whether you believe with me I that she's gonna get well. Our Heavenly Father, the lovely lady somewhere that's waiting this handkerchief to be laid up on her, we send it to her for her healing in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. Now there's a lady sitting here that can't get up, and one over here and a man to, I'm going down to pray for them. Now you all pray with me, will you?
1: Gone and the pain is gone. Well,
0: thank you. that wonderful? <laughs> <laughs> <That's>
1: wonderful. <laughs> ah. Eve.
0: Jesus Christ, me and I ask that this will be amen. completely healed for your glory. Praise body. the Lord. Amen. God bless you,
1: sister. Lord, really, Lord
0: be well. now. <clears throat> See how simple it is? Now tell me what passed by here to remove that lump and take the pain away from the woman who couldn't even hear the message. See? She's over there praising God. If a woman that's both deaf, dumb, and blind can praise God for taking a cancer off of her, surely we who are in health as we are tonight could give God praise for her. Don't you think so? And let's just kind of shake each other's hands when we say I Of the Lord Jesus, grant that whoever this lays upon may they be healed for the glory of God.
1: Thank
0: you. Isn't He wonderful? I I tell you this. I dislike this way. I I like God. I love Him he with all my heart. He's my Savior. Now uh, tomorrow night, I think the next service is at Tempe, Arizona, with Brother. Um, What's his name? Oh, Groomer, Groomer, brother Groomer, up at the uh, Assembly of God is it? Assembly of God at uh, Tempe, uh, Full Gospel. Yes, it's been announced, I think. Right. Now you love him real well. Amen. Amen. It's wonderful. Now I turn to service now to brother, the pastor, uh, somebody, you, wait, someone to be prayed for just a moment. Go ahead. Uh, Year, i want you to why I gladly do it my precious brother I for a sick wife been sick for two years <clears throat> uh, let's just believe Father I know the world might look down upon this and say I don't believe that what about the lady that testified a few minutes ago and had that garter on her neck up there what about see these people that's little girl here young little woman now there was that asthma and everything in her condition. Look what all that we know to be true. See, he'll be God to his wife, too. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, a sick wife. I pray that this cloth laid up on her will be a token of this meeting tonight and the word of God. And may she be healed for your glory. Amen. God bless you. Brother, uh, I'm going to tell you this. 13 years ago, you down here in I was sitting
1: back in the congregation. God told me if I'd well protect him, you were guaranteed I'd be healed. The devil said, Don't go. You'll get in front of somebody else. And you got up and said, There's somebody in this building. But he come and take me and been healed. I turned around and said to the Lord, brother, I said, I'm the feller. Bless his heart. Let's
0: pray. Heavenly Father. God,
1: I direct. Lord, I pray that you will body, spirit,
0: the matter of glory, glory to God. Grant this, Father, Hallelujah, in the name Jesus. of the Lord Jesus, Hallelujah. Jesus Christ. You did it now. You fulfilled it after 13 years. You know I wouldn't run ahead of nobody if I knew it. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their Amen. strength. Amen. It's all right, brother. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, see you tomorrow night. Most of you, if I, the pastor here now, brother.